Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 80, where we're going to be covering the famous game Shaq Fu. As always, I'm Nick Stevens, one of the co-hosts, and with me this time is... Aaron, and I love the Shaq Fu that you do, Nick. <laughs> Shaq Fu for you. I wonder if anyone ever read this game as Shaq F U. You know, that could be a bit. I wonder if anyone ever actually read the manual, because it's amazing. Yeah. But I we'll got, get to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the first episodes in quite a while where it's been kind of normal. By normal, I mean just Aaron and myself. No special segments. Yeah, yeah. We're back to the normal format. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the other episodes as well. It's fun to have some special guests on. We definitely had that with Streets of Rage 2 and then uh, Team Sonic Racing. So hopefully you'll enjoy this. I, I'm pretty excited, other than the gamer plan. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, <laughs> spoilers. spoilers. Come on, Nick. Nah. It's, you know what, well, well, never mind, no more spoilers. You'll you may be a little surprised what I think about this game. But, we are the You will Genesis- not be surprised what I think. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but, we yeah. are the Genesis Gems Podcast, and we are part of the BitBrothers Network. You can check out the BitBrothers Network at patreon.com slash bitbros. Join the Facebook group, that's where all the interaction happens. Facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers. Check our website out at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. If you want to join the Facebook page of the Genesis Gems, we are facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Send us an email. We haven't got one in a while. Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gen Gems. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Make sure you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hit review, hit review, hit review. And give us money on Patreon. <laughs> so that's all the good stuff there. <laughs> I kind of skipped Please, the- we, we love your reviews, guys. That's right. And gals. I need to check some. We, we have a few new ones, and we'll, we'll make sure we catch those on the next episode. But uh, I did skip this part, Aaron. So, uh, Aaron, how have you been? Hey, man, I've been great. Just played a show, and I'm all energized. <laughs> you know, when you, you play you play a good show. Uh, it was my second show with my drummer from high school, and this time we had a click track. Which, if you're playing, you know, we're, we're playing along to my pre-recorded chip tune track. So that's you know stuff that, that I've written for hardware. So I'm playing it off my Sega Genesis, and what I realized during my first show was, oh man, we need a click track because the sound engineer is over here giving us one signal. (laughs) First it was like, use our own mixer. Second thing was, click track. And so I I painstakingly spent about a good 20 hours uh, because it wasn't just as simple as, okay, just drop in a click track. It wasn't that simple. On some of these because they're different formats and it's not like you know modern audio software where it's just like oh I'm just gonna add, add another track here and that's gonna be I, I didn't always have that luxury I'm literally adding a click track into songs that are running off of real <laughs> video game <laughs> hardware so there is some there's a little technical challenges to that sometimes oh, yeah. the, the click track you know sometimes I had to remove certain things uh, that messed with the song because there was music playing in that track or you know, there was an <laughs> instrument playing there where there wasn't drums. So that was tricky. But the show we did, we played a, a nerd night. There were video games. We had a, a game giveaway contest. I gave away a copy of NBA Jam on the Sega Genesis nice. to uh, a lucky person. And yeah, it was a blast. We played on the, the Riverwalk, which if you've ever been to San Antonio, that's one of the things we're famous for besides the alamo is 
the Riverwalk, which I'm sure some cities have that. Yeah, the Riverwalk. It's just a river, and there's a bunch of restaurants and shops and a mall alongside it, and you can jump on a ferry. But I didn't realize that when when we got to the gig, my drummer and I get to the gig, go outside, and like, oh, wait. This is the Riverwalk. <laughs> I had cool. no idea. Yeah. Yeah, you probably had some like, like I, I, un- unsuspected listeners pop in, like, "Hey, this sounds cool. Check it out." <laughs> yeah, actually, I uh, had a few people uh, that one guy slipped me a twenty, and he was like, yeah, "You need cool. to charge." Yeah, I was just like, that, "That's the coolest thing ever," because uh, because I was giving away, I think, free samples of my my album. Um, and he's just like, you got to charge for music. I'm like, I do, but I'm kind of out of cassettes right now. <laughs> so, yeah, so he gave me 20 and just, you know, said keep it up. So, nice. yeah, pe- people really dug it. So it was much appreciated. It was a really cool bill where we played with uh, nerdcore rappers. And uh, there's a group that plays that kind of sounds uh, a bit like... I don't know, mix a bunch of different cool artists like Depeche Mode and Daft Punk and bands that start with the letter D, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Dust Brothers, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, so it's an electronic guy and a, and a drummer and they make, make cool stuff. So it, it was really neat. And then there was like a rock band that we played with that kind of had nerdy lyrics. So just a really neat vibe. Fun show. I've been doing great. Nice. My my uh, summer's been crazy, of course, because I got my kids. Yeah. And things can get a little hectic, but uh, all in all, it's not. That's awesome. Been bad. Had had the the switch to keep me company That's when right. things get a little That's crazy. Right. Or my kids. See, guys, <laughs> hand it off to one of my kids. If, if things need to cool down, I'm like here, take the switch, go in the other room, <laughs> let your brother and sister hang out here, and you just go off and do your own thing and, and be happy. That's right. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, the switch seems to be the great mediator lately. <laughs> it's wonderful. Sometimes I have to like plan to take it out of my kid's hand, and there is a real neat. If you have kids who have their own switches, there's a cool parental control that you can run from your iPhone or your other uh, Android device, I guess, and it lets you like uh, time them out. Like you can say, play only only play four hours a day, or you can't play past nine o'clock tonight. Things like that. It's really cool. So I try to like limit their time. Of course, they'll call me at work, be like, "Daddy, can I just have one more hour?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, things of course. like that. So you know, it's cool. But um, I had a gig last night too, and it went extremely, oh, yeah, it went extremely well considering uh, the timing of it. So our the county fair was at the same time, and, and oh, wow. and and a lot of the people who show up to these things, you know, go to the fair. They have animals, things like that. And uh, you're just you're a side attraction. That, that's exactly right. But it was really neat because it was about five thirty, and I was setting everything up. And uh, I just got a brand new uh, looper pedal. It's the RC three hundred, which is like a really expensive looper pedal. I've saved up. Yeah. I've saved up all my gig money for the past year and a half and bought it. It was like six hundred dollars. I don't even like talking about it, but <laughs> I put all that money aside, <laughs> and I thought I'm gonna get this awesome loop pedal. But anyways, I set that up, got all my amp, I got everything ready. And it was like five thirty, and no one was there. And I was like, oh man. I told my wife, I'm like, I guess I'm just playing for you tonight. But uh, as the yeah, time went on, more and more people came. A few people for our work with showed up, and uh, I made more tips. Cool. I made more tips last night than I've ever made uh, in a session. It was like forty six dollars in tips, which has never happened. Here's before. a tip, buddy. Get a real job. That's what I feel like. But <laughs> but I, I play two hours of straight music, um, like twenty two songs. I, th- I think I listed. Oh, nice. And I had a little bit of a malfunction with my uh, pedal. 
I did a factory reset of it the other day because I was uh, I messed up. I me- <laughs> you did to a factory reset on stage. No, 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 no. I I'm, <laughs> I messed up some of my settings. I couldn't couldn't give back, and I got mad, and I did the factory reset, and I forgot to uh, change some of the settings. So like this pedal, you can program every button to do whatever you want it to do. Of course, within the threshold of the of the system there, but the expression pedal is kind of like a volume pedal in a sense. So yeah. I always want to make sure I set that to a volume pedal, not, not the expression of the, of the effect loop. And I do, I do two different channels or two different settings right now for my uh, looper. I have one that has like a free loop, which means you can loop as long as you want on each channel. And they, they, they don't depend on the, the length of the measure by each. And I do one where it does, oh, it's, it's strictly on each measure. And I it's, fr- it's uh, on a certain tempo that you pick. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a tap tempo? Yeah, you can. Um, I usually kind of I, I keep it natural when I play live because I like people to see that I'm building the the track. Um, I, I could pre-record all this, but I, I choose not to because I just think it's kind of neat. People watching me smack my guitar and play the bass parts and stuff. So <laughs> I, I do that. So who knows what BPM I'm actually playing? But I forgot to set the pedal to be the volume pedal on one of my channels. So well, hey, I'll give you a hint. You know, if you, if you want to know the right heart rate, it's it's. You know, for CPR, it's the tune of Staying Alive. <laughs> the Office. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. Staying Alive. My favorite part of that was when Michael started doing it. He's like, at first I was afraid. I was petrified. It's like, no, no, no. Wrong song. <laughs> Wrong song. <laughs> so so uh, it went extremely well. I had a few hiccups. Um, a couple of the songs I was playing, I, I had it on the wrong setting and, and the tracks. At one point, the, the looper stopped playing. It said, too much data or something like that, and it shut down. Oh, I was like, what? Great. Never seen that. But That would that, pe- be great if it said, I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it just shut down. It just shows me a message. It's like, I've become self-aware. You mm-hmm. suck. No. <laughs> but it went well. It, it was neat. I had a, a lot of good comments. The, uh, the guy who owns a winery is one of my best friends, and he uh, he told me a lot of people really enjoyed what I do, so that's cool. It's uh, what I do is very kind of background music. You 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 don't yeah. have to sit there and just watch me. You can sit there and have a good conversation with your friends, and yeah. every now and then someone will turn around and go, "Oh, I know that song," you know, or have the the one nerd in the crowd goes, "Is that a song like the Hedgehog song?" I'm like, "Yep, that's great." Nice. <laughs> so I do I do my my set list ranges from. Uh, Incubus to Taylor Swift to Sonic the Hedgehog to the Office theme song. I do all kinds of crazy stuff. So uh, had a real good time. That was that was fun. And uh, hoping the that looper is going to be awesome once I figure it all out. Yeah, I've, I've only scratched. I've, I've wanted to. I've wanted to bring a, a looper into my my set, uh, just because it would be something cool to incorporate. Because there's times where I'm like. I'll play a guitar part, and I'm like, all right, this riff's going to repeat another four times. <laughs> exactly. It would be cool if I just let it loop, and then I could go do something on my keyboard for a minute. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And where this one has um, it has three different channels, and each channel has a start and stop button, which is really cool. You don't have to double tap it to stop, because I had problems with my old looper that way. And um, I introduced that song, Happy, by Fer- uh, Pharrell Williams. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. The, the Despicable, yeah. Despicable Me soundtrack. And yeah. uh, that went so well. Um, I had, like... I have a drum beat, like, and it's neat because when I set it to that free form, I can just hit like a doom da doom da and just hit record, and it will play back that, and then I can play the other loops as long as I want to, and it just loops over that. And way. so, are you recording? Are you tapping something on your guitar, or yeah. is there like pre-recorded drum loops on no, the? No, I, I use my guitar. So, like, I the first beat I do, I usually like smack my thumb uh, right under the bridge, kind of gives it a nice bass thing, and I smack the bottom yeah. of it, kind of like a snare. So that's kind of my first track, and then I I rake the strings uh, muted. It's like a kind of like a like a hi-hat 
and then I, I smack the bottom of my guitar right underneath the uh, the sound hole, kind of get like a little tom sound. So it, that, that's how I mix that. Um, it's not you know it's not it's not just like a drum set or anything. And I'm not as good as a lot of those finger style pickers who do all that crazy stuff at the same time. But it definitely adds to the song and, and layers it that way. And then when I play bass, I'll I'll turn a certain channel up and I'll just kind of palm mute my uh, my low E string. Um, and it's neat because this looper you can actually set each channel with a different volume, so I can crank Wait. one. Wait, wait, is, is this an episode of Nasty Nick's Gnarly Guitar Techniques? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I got all excited. Sorry, guys. I know this is Genesis no, James. No, this is okay. something I've, I've spent a lot of time the past few months doing. Wait, and also, every time, it's, I mean, we've recorded other stuff in the meantime, but it feels like our actual last episode of Genesis Gems was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, Street mainline Street. Genesis Gems. Yeah, Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. But anyways, uh, go check out my Facebook page, facebook.com slash guitar Nick, if you want to see some of that stuff. I got some stuff out there that I've recorded, and I'm hoping to go make a CD soon or an album, whatever you call them nowadays. Uh, I just got to, I was asking Aaron the other day, about, I was asking Aaron uh, about <laughs> doing covers and, and how you get uh, you know legally licensed to cover other people's music and such, so I'm going to start. There are services that. that do that for you these Isn't days. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So, sorry. And then they, just charge you a, they will charge you a small fee. And you pay it yearly, and you're good to go, like DistroKid or something like that. Yeah, that's what you told me. So I've been looking into that. Cause I, I, that was kind of good CD baby. There's a there's a bunch that do that. Yeah, and that was kind of holding me back because I've only written like five or six originals. I just I, I wanted like a at least an hour long album, so that'll uh, that'll help. And you can always go the EP route. You know, you have your first thing be like a four song EP, that's true. and then release an album like that. I mean, I didn't do that personally. I just said, here you go. Here's a bunch of music. <laughs> And then the next album was like, oh, here you go. Here's a bunch more music. <laughs> and we loved Here's every three second of times, it. <laughs> three times as much music. Like every time like, I show someone the album who's not seen it, they're like, wow, that's a lot of music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eh, yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a good friend who has a recording studio. I'm not looking to like make money from this. I just, I've had a few people ask me, do you have an album? I'm like, no, but maybe I should. I think it's time. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, if you've been doing a podcast or podcasting for the past six, seven, eight years now, Jeez, it's been that long. I I think that you could put out an album. Yeah, it's time. Sorry to take up all the time with my music talk. I usually don't do that, but <laughs> passion. All right. Well, Aaron, we got we got a segment on the show that we like to call Sega Snippets. Cast one two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Yes. And on this this segment, we like to talk about games we're playing. So are there any games that you're playing outside of Shaq Fu right now? (laughs) Good luck. I hope you are. (laughs) Oh, outside of Shaq Fu. That's a tricky question. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) Quite a few on the Switch. Uh, Sega, Sega wise... I did go over my my buddy's place. Um, we keep on going back to, to this game called Mega Swift, which was released in the U.S. on the Super Nintendo as like Firepower 2000, but on the Mega Drive, it's Mega Swift. And I might have talked about it before, but it's a really cool two-player co-op shoot 'em up. Yeah. So it's it's worth checking out. Uh, otherwise, Sega Genesis. Let's see. Mm, I played a few more. I, you know what? I, I did mention this. I think I posted it 
picture, few pictures of this, but I inherited a bunch of Sega Genesis games from my yeah. same my same friend, my buddy Jesse, uh, and that was stuff I got. An, the copy of Starflight that I remember I bought from a Comic Con years back, <laughs> he gave that back to me because I sold him a bunch of Sega games, so he gave that back to me. It has the full manual. I need to track down the the star map again, but I got that uh, theme park, sort of Vermillion. Uh, uh, a few Spider-Man games. Uh, the only one I didn't get was Maximum Carnage, sadly. And and he he offered to give me the acclaimed Spider-Man game based off well around the same time as an animated series, and I was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I've played enough for that for a lifetime. I really don't need uh, that that sort of negative energy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I passed on that one. But uh, I, I'm pretty excited about the games I got. I also got Landstalker and yeah, a copy of Earth and Jim, both both boxed. So you know, Landstalker, I definitely want to cover on this show. Yeah, I always claim that Landstalker is one of my favorite Genesis games, and and it is. But I I never have, I, I literally have never beat that game. I have played it so many times. Me and I restart it. I restart it. I've never uh, beat it. There was always one place I got stuck. Yeah. And there's a there's a place with with a tricky puzzle. But now it's like there's no excuse. You've got YouTube, right? I know. You get stuck somewhere, and now you can just instantly pop on YouTube and like, oh, okay, where did I stop? Oh, right there. <laughs> That's how you beat that. I mean, it used to be you'd look up game facts or game FAQs and and you'd find something, but YouTube is just instant gratification yeah, exactly. when you're when you're stuck on a game. Yeah, game facts was great, but it was like I had to scroll through this giant notepad document. Just so I I think I've beat more games this year uh, than definitely when I was a kid because <laughs> now I can just look up things really quickly and before my attention span just wasn't there so i was like if i got really stuck on a game i would just ask my parents for another game or my my older brothers would bring home something else and we'd just play that and i'd forget about the other game for a while and maybe come back to a year (laughs) or two later that's how it happened i mean if you're stuck on an rpg or there's certain games where it's like uh you know you got entertainment out of it you had fun with it (laughs) I think the easiest games to beat were fighting games because you could find the cheapest character with the easiest moves and just um, crank it out, beat the game, and and get and feel happy because you beat a game and found an ending. <laughs> but a lot of these like action platformers and like action RPGs, stuff like Landstalker, especially where it's a three-quarter perspective and it's the action RPG. RPG and it's kind of like Zelda, but like there's more of these object puzzles yeah. where it's sort of hard to see where you're supposed to jump or move things sometimes. It can make, make it tricky. For sure. Yeah, and, I, and that was always a game. I, I, I never played it when I first had my Genesis, but the minute I had emulation with ROMs, I kept typing in like games that or similar to, to, to Diablo or action RPGs on, on the Genesis. Oh, yeah, that was what I meant to tell you. Landstalker that, kept popping up. <laughs> yeah, so after Landstalker, I mentioned uh, a game I did play with my buddy. And he's like, what's this? Oh, oh yeah, this is the one Like, I think he ended up selling and he didn't play it. And it was Arcus Odyssey. Yeah. And Arcus Odyssey was one of the games that I received for... Uh, help on a Genesis website years ago. This was like 2002. 
they gave me a copy of uh, it was a golf game, and they gave me Arcus Odyssey. And this was like Genesis Collective, I think it was. And yeah, just for me writing a bunch of reviews <laughs> for them, which you can still find somehow. Uh, but yeah, Arcus Odyssey. The Diablo connection comes from the fact that it's like halfway, I would say, between like Gauntlet and Diablo. It's a little more involved than Diablo, or a little more involved than Gauntlet, I should say, because you get different items, you have an inventory, uh, it's got a little more story than Gauntlet, and there's neat little items and projectiles you can pick up, uh, and you get, you can boost your stats in different ways at the end of each level but it's still pretty linear but it's it's really fun playing a two-player it's a wolf team game uh, and i enjoyed playing it co-op there's like little weird things in that game like the fact that you can accidentally unpause the game when someone else pauses it like i think when you pause a game you should be the only pauser <laughs> the other person should not be able to accidentally unpause your game which I think you could unpause the game. Yeah, it was just, it was weird because it was like, oh, you meant to pause it. Sorry. Because you could unpause it while they were trying to go to the, the inventory screen. That's what it was. Yeah. So you kind of have to remain in communication. Yeah. And when you told me about this game, I was really shocked. I've never even tried it because this, this type of game is right up my alley. And I, I was shocked it was made in 91. Like, I thought that would be a much more recent game in the. Genesis there's library. a few like that. Yeah, there's that. And I think there's like a Dungeon Master on Sega CD. That's also another like co-op uh, arcade dungeon crawler type game. Yeah. And they're, they're fun. Fun game. Fun games. <laughs> That's cool. And it's one of those ones where it's like you don't have to have any knowledge of RPGs or feel like you've had to have played like a Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior, <laughs> Dragon Quest, whatever type game. No, it's much more of the uh, arcade style. Just jump in and you'll figure things out. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I've I've written this game down a few times in the past few weeks to make sure I can go try to pick it up somewhere. But it's it's definitely not a cheap one if you want to get the original card. Like I've I didn't realize how expensive it was. Yeah, it's like sixty. Bucks. I mean, I got it. I got it free, so I have no concept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen some uh, like repros of it that were about twenty dollars, but the original, like I'm looking at cheaper Amazon repros, cheaper repos. I'm looking at the original right now, card only, kind of in bad condition for sixty one dollars. Like ah, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up somehow. But that's cool. Um, I haven't really been playing much Sega. I, I played a lot of Street Fighter Two here recently. Um, yeah, and I'll get into that later with with this game. Um, I. Uh, I think I may have mentioned this before, but real quick, I, I hooked my Sega Genesis up to my na- main TV in my house. I have the uh, SCART to HDMI uh, converter box, but then I also bought the 8-bit do wireless Genesis controller, and I bought two of them, and it's uh, been real cool. My, my son and I, my youngest son, we played uh, Hyperstone Heist, so we, we, we play that game all the time, so I've definitely played that game in the past few weeks, but it's been really nice to kind of sit back on the couch with a wireless controller, and those, those controllers are wonderful. I talked about the switch uh controller that i got recently on the nintendo minute i did but the genesis Genesis ones are great too the the plastic feels nice and heavy uh very responsive it feels great it's a six button controller fits your hand well there's there's even shoulder 
buttons, which I haven't really figured out yet. I I I, I can't remember what button they were mapped to, but I, when I was playing Shaq Fu and Street Fighter, they were mapped to something. I can't remember, but yeah. uh, obviously it was the Shackalicious button. Shackalicious, the shoulder shack. That's right. Shoulder. Shack. Yes. <laughs> Shack attack. Shack attack. But um, as far as other games go, I mentioned on the Nintendo Minute as well. I've been playing a whole lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance Part Three. Uh, oh game, yeah, that game's great. And uh, real quick, I'll, I'll recap it. It's it's Marvel Ultimate Alliance. If you guys have played those games in the past, and what I love about the Switch version is that, um, of course, there's four players on the screen at all time. You control one. There's three AI uh, kind of um, allies as well. But like, if my youngest son he loves playing this game, if he just wants to pop in, he'll turn a controller on. I'll hit start, hit co-op, and he bam, he's right right in the game. He can play right along with me, and then when he wants to drop out, I just go back to one player, and bam, and yeah, done. So that's really nice to <laughs> let, let them jump in and out like that. I don't have to start a new game or go back to the main menu and hit co-op or anything. So, um, and, and he loves that. He loves the uh, Spider Verse movie that's on Netflix. Uh, so he he always picks uh, Miles Morales version of Spider Man, and um, I'm oh no- nice, and I'm nothing. Hey, it's the best Spider. Yeah, and I'm nothing but Captain America. I'm pretty much just Captain America all the time. That's that's my guy, and uh, I use Venom. I need to play that. I need to play it. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, I think I picked it up for forty dollars. I think I got a special somewhere, but I saw it at Walmart the other day for sixty. I think, but I don't I don't know why the prices vary like that. But the guy, the, the one of the guys at GameStop told me they can't even keep it in stock, so it's definitely selling well in my area. <laughs> I haven't looked at yeah. the actual uh, data anywhere else around the world, but. It's one of those games that apparently there was a huge uh, want for because it's, gosh, when did the last one come out? It was back on the Xbox 360 when uh, Part 2 came out. Yeah. It's been a long time. And then there was the the MMO one that shut down. And so I know people have kind of wanted that experience again. Because there was the free MMO that was actually really good. uh, That it was like for a while, it was the only game my brother would play. Um, because it, it played like those games, uh, you know, like that with mixed with Diablo and it was fun. I played it with him a bit, but yeah, it just, I guess they just weren't making enough money or I don't know. I think the company, I forgot who it was. If it was EA who was publishing it, I forgot who it was, but they just, was maybe they weren't someone. Yeah. I thought I maybe remember. it was, maybe it was Activision. I know we'll Activision was doing <laughs> X-Men games for a while. Yeah, I can't remember who the, the actual developer was, but the publisher just decided I guess they weren't making enough money anymore. I think they were doing well for a while, but just, yeah, nope, not sustainable. Published by Activision, Raven Software were the uh, developers of it. So. Cool. Raven Software, were they one of the ones? I know there was like Snowblind Studios that worked on like the Elder Scroll, not Elder Scrolls, the uh they they worked on like the Baldur's Gate Alliance oh, game. Those, game. those games was awesome. Ravensoft one of the ones who I maybe worked on the sequel. I'm trying to recall. I can't remember. Yeah, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. <laughs> you just brought up. Yeah, there's a trip. That game was great. So uh, I was going to mention two things. One on the Switch, playing a retro throwback type game. Um, so. I just got Tangle Deep. It was on sale. I picked it up for about twelve ninety nine. Totally worth it. It definitely harkens back to the sixteen bit era <laughs> of games. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a rogue like type game. Um, but it's more like, I mean, Sega Genesis. We we did get uh, 
God, what's that game called? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was like, hey, we did get a roguelike on Sega Genesis that people have played. And um, I'm going to feel bad because I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Fatal Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. We got Fate, Fatal Labyrinth, um, which was, I think, the first console roguelike. And this is a bit more like the mis- mysterious dungeon games. Uh, or if you've played any of the Sheer and the Wanderer or you played like uh, Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon or even the, the Pokemon dungeon, uh, it, it's got that level of ease. But so far, I've had a really good time with it. Uh, just really good music, uh, well done artwork, and just sort of easy to to play and kick back and I don't know. It's one of those ones where I I don't have to think too too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the best. <laughs> yeah, and, and this one it's one of those ones where it's like if you want it to be full hardcore roguelike permadeath all that stuff you can't. If you don't, if you're a beginner like even my daughter was getting into it and this is my youngest one because she likes the fact that you get to play as a girl like cool. by default <laughs> but it, it has like a job system kind of like a, a final fantasy 5 um and you can sort of switch jobs as you like and then you know mix and match your skills and so it's it's pretty cool but it has that same thing you know where, where you move and, and enemies move so definitely a rogue like game but the other thing i was going to mention was Phantom Gear. I don't know if you've heard of Phantom Mm-mm, Gear at all. I haven't heard a thing about that. Oh, you should look up a video of it because it's only been on Kickstarter for, I think, less than a month and it's already reached its goal of $25,000 uh, with 10 days to go. So it's gotten to $26,474 as of Oh, did you post? Episode. Did you post something about this on the Bit Brothers? Yeah, oh, okay. I did. So, so it's uh, my yeah, my buddy yeah. Tony uh, Tony Lays is has already written a soundtrack for this game. Games in development. It looks fantastic for a homebrew Sega Genesis game. Yeah, looks it looks it looks really good. It looks like uh, it could have been released in the console's lifespan, like yeah. as a commercial release. It's already got that level of quality and animation. It sort of makes me think of, um, you know, stuff like, not quite there yet, but like uh, Dynamite Heady, Gunstar Heroes, uh, kind really of cartoony, like a monster fun. world kind of vibe. Off yeah, of Monster bit. World in the in the vibe, but it, it looks like it moves a little faster than Monster oh, yeah, World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much more of an actiony game than straight up like action adventure. Yeah, but cool. yeah, it's 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 one to look out for, and who knows? I was talking to Tony. We may get him on the on the show here yeah. soon. So, uh, real excited for that, and uh, I wish them well. Nice, yeah. Three hundred seventy-five backers of twenty-six thousand dollars. That's awesome. Good for them. I like seeing stuff like that. I mean, whew, who's throwing out ten thousand big ones there? Twenty. 000. I know. I know. Someone. <laughs> Yeah, they had a $25,000 goal, and they beat it by quite they a bit. They smashed it. Yeah, that's, yeah awesome. that's good, considering good the games that don't make it. Yeah. And it looks like one it's one that I'm excited for because they have a lot of special proprietary tools for game development that they're planning on releasing that look really helpful for future game developers. So it's always nice to see when game devs are willing to share their work 
uh, for other people. Very cool. Yeah, and it looks like you have to at least donate fifty dollars or more to get the actual uh, repro or not repro, but the actual cart. Uh, all the other ones before that seem to be downloadable versions. And there's a forty dollars or more one where you can download it to a uh, emulator or flash cartridge. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Very neat. And it looks like it may come out in August of 2020. They're estimating. I'm going to check this out because that looks really cool. It's rural. Yeah. And, and they've got, you just go to the Kickstarter and look at Phantom Gear. And that's P-H-A-N-T-O-M Gear. Yeah. You'll find it really easily. And, you know, the character's got that chibi, uh, like super deformed art style <laughs> that you see in a lot of, uh, well, especially like you said, like Monster World and some yeah. Japanese these action platform platformer type games. And uh, I, I'm digging the kind of like day glow, hot pink and, and blue vibe going on here. Um, it looks, you know, simultaneously eighties and nineties and I'm excited. That's pretty cool. Well, awesome. Well, Aaron, if you don't have anything else, let's jump over to the next segment of the show. And that would be ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions, it's okay, and he will answer them if he wants. I had to send you a, uh, a link and, and ask you. It's been a while since we posted this, but I, I was like, is this the right picture and right questions for this show? And I believe it is. It was a, I, I did a time check on when we posted this versus when our last uh uh, sure it was. So we we should be good. It's a nice picture of you. Looks like you're uh, either singing or talking on a mic with all your really uh, interesting hookups there. I, I love your setup. You get like a MIDI keyboard and a laptop and a Genesis. I, my, yeah, my setup looks like it's on live support. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so many things running because like oh, the way I have it set up, I've got a mixer on stage um, with a bunch of different wires. Is like, that keyboard? A, is, that, is that one of those? I, I can't ever say that name. Alesis, Alesis 88. Is it one of those? Yeah, yeah. I got one of those. It's just a... It, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a MIDI controller. Yep. Hook, hook it up to my laptop and I can get whatever sounds are coming out of my yeah. computer I pretty to, easily. I used to use my, my church. I had a uh, iPad I would hook it up to and just to get like some like shimmer ambient sounds. I would I, I would just hit a hit a key and then it would play in the background and we just kinda play over that for a while. <laughs> I mean people people understand. It's great. I mean yeah. they think MIDI is a, a sound, it's not. MIDI is actually just a standard it's yep. like a programming language, basically. That's great. Uh, it's a standard for transferring uh, musical data from one place to another. So if you hit a key, it'll send something over to your computer or to whatever machine. It's, it's so these different machines can talk with each other. That's awesome. Cool, man. Or you know, that was like a pre-ask Aaron. Yep, yep. I Answered the question it. no one asked. <laughs> I kind of asked it. I let you into it. That's like a nice uh, segue. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yes, take away. If you all would like to ask Aaron a question, make sure you go over to the Bit Brothers Facebook group. We gave the link earlier. This is where we're going to post all the pictures of Aaron. You can ask all the questions you'd like. They'll be read on the show, and our own Aaron will answer them for you. So without further ado, Mr. Daniel Walker asked Aaron, if we lived in an alternate timeline where Sega didn't totally botch the launch of the Sega Saturn, would Sega still be making consoles? Ooh. You know, it's a good question because despite whatever they did during the Saturn era, uh, I thought the Sega Dreamcast was a pretty strong launch. Yeah. And it had a good number of phenomenal games. I think 
there were just a, a number of factors that kind of killed Sega. I would say some of the momentum that slowed with them rushing out the Sega Saturn. Um, and then evolving times and maybe just realizing that they didn't have as much cash flow as they used to, um, you know, to go up against Sony, Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause Sony was kind of a juggernaut. They were already a juggernaut before the PlayStation came out. And once the PlayStation two came out, riding off the high success of the PlayStation, Sega just couldn't compete with that hype, and it yeah. just became one of those beat them or join them type situations, you know. And I, and I swear, PlayStation Two was always the success, success it was because of that DVD player, because it was the cheapest DVD player I bought. That too, <laughs> that too. Uh, it was one of the reasons I had it because it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, the Dreamcast could do what VCDs. I think it had Something a prototype like DVD player, but. Uh, yeah, man. Think about like the consoles that went up to each other against each other, and it was always like, okay, which one could do this? Uh, and it didn't used to be like that, but it was like you think about the PS3 versus the Xbox 360, and it was eventually it was like, well, the PlayStation 3 was a Blu-ray player back when that actually mattered. A lot. <laughs> That's true. Now everyone just streams everything. Blu-rays are not as much of a big deal. Nah. I still do it just because I like there's certain movies I like to get the physical copy but of. But yeah, the 360 right. was like, okay, we've got <laughs> HD DVD player. <laughs> yeah, that ended N- quick. Nope. <laughs> no, it didn't work. But yeah, um, what's what's Sega? I guess the answer is maybe, but I'd be leaning more towards no. And I think it's just because uh, I I think Sega's business acumen or just their business sense. Uh, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like Sega of America was always at odds with Sega Japan, Japan uh, and there was just some conflicting management styles and a lot of mistakes made, and and it just didn't seem like one company. Yeah. You know, I just got to be a little bit too splintered and a little too a little too late, I guess, is what happened. But would I want Sega to make consoles now? Sure. Bring it on. You got a new television coming out. That's right. Anything's possible. <laughs> all right. Next question. Next question comes from Chris Murray. Chris asked With all of these old games making a comeback, Panzer Dragoon, Final Fantasies, Link Awakening, what is a game that you would want to see? Number one, ported to modern systems with no meaningful changes. Number two, remastered for modern systems with graphics and potentially some QOL. Quality of life upgrades, but the game remains intact. Number three, remade for modern systems where the whole game is reimagined from the ground up. We can start back with number one. He's asking, ported to modern systems with no meaningful changes. I think Flashback's a good example of that. Because that just landed on the Switch. Have you played that? No, but... Have you? No, I was just thinking an awful lot about it because (laughs) of the Game Shack 2 Uh, we're playing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was thinking about it, too. Uh, from what I understand, it's, it's a really good port. But uh, I think there are some games that the experience is tied so much to playing the original game the way it was meant to be played that it's sort of hard to modernize the game without getting away from the spirit of that game um, and, and shaving off a few too many corners um, and, and it's happened in the past and it's kind of a shame there, there are times where, uh, companies will 
take a game and port it over. <laughs> and it's just like, really? Why Why did you think that was a good decision? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and there's other times where, where things work out and they modernize it and they make, frankly, they sometimes they'll make it a better game. But I'm trying to think, he, he also asked, just so I can answer this real quickly, a game that I think should come to modern consoles. Um, man, there's been so many done. But we were just talking about Landstalker. Uh, oh, yeah. They're having the closest I can even think with like a three-quarter perspective is maybe Bastion. But I would love a, a remake uh, of, of Landstalker with a tilting camera. That would be a great yeah, modern be convenience, cool. being able to to move the camera around like Grand, Grandia style or something like that. Make the game fully 3D with stuff you can peek behind buildings to see or something you know that could be the added benefit that now that you've made the game 3d you've added a full new layer to the gameplay that wasn't there before yeah. and potentially made it an easier game to play because you could actually see your environment better so that's that's that like one that could use a modern retool and kind of like well Fancy Star first Fancy Star is honestly a better playing game than it ever was originally with the mini map and with some of the tweaks to the gameplay that's something I would love to see with Fancy Star two why not uh, there was a remake of Fancy Star two already but I think they could do it even better which is use the original graphics and then just spruce up the backgrounds. Instead of it just being like a, a boring blue grid, have actual backgrounds when you fight, um, and just kind of have it be a, a you know halfway upgrade. It could still look like Sega Genesis. That'd be cool. Yeah, and so you're, be down to that. you're right about that fancy star map because I haven't dug into that as much as I'd like to. But after playing it a little bit, I'm like, okay, this this map thing makes it much easier. <laughs> So, and okay, so the other thing is, there's a ton of Sega 16 or Sega uh, 16 games, board games that were released in the arcade that have not been ported anywhere. M2 would be the perfect company oh, yeah. to start porting these games to the Nintendo Switch. So uh, this could be anything from like Radmobile. Uh, there's a bunch of fighting games. There's um, what was it? Power Ace. <sighs> there was. This racing game that was like right around when Mario Kart came out, I want to say, but it was a, it was a really fun Sega racing game. Uh, it wasn't Power Drift, was it? Might have been. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It'll come to me. <laughs> I'm losing. I'm losing it. I'm losing my edge. But <laughs> you get the point. There was an era of Sega games, early, very early Sega games, pre Sonic. And also the ones that were in the arcade that maybe just are forgotten today. And there's no quote-unquote legal way to play them without emulating through MAME or owning the board itself. So there you go. Gotcha. So I think you nailed that question. <laughs> um, snailed it. Next question comes from Rodney Clark. Rodney asks, are you as excited as I am for Fantasy Star Online 2 coming to the U.S. finally? I'm really excited. But at the same time, I have not... Excuse me. I haven't played a Fantasy Star game since 4. So maybe I'm the wrong target audience, but I'm still excited for anything Fantasy Star. 
I just, oddly enough, have never played a Fantasy Star online game. And I like MMOs generally. And Fantasy Star was, if not the first, one of the very first ex- successful console MMOs. Uh, that sort of redefined the game. I think it was the first successful console MMO before uh, like Final Fantasy XI came out on PS2. And I think uh, maybe EverQuest. But yeah, it was <laughs> seriously, it was all about Fantasy Star Online. So yes, I'm excited because Fantasy Star Online 2, I think, has been out in Japan for years. Uh, and it, it's kind of a shame when like these mainline series like a fancy star or um dragon quest gets a game that's released only in japan and people over here really want to play it like okay in the dragon quest series dragon quest 10 it's on the the wii i think it's on the 3ds and uh, i think even the wii u but only in japan and there's no way to play it over here so it's great to see sega saying hey there's enough of a market. People are going to play this because before people had to use a fan translation. So it'd be nice to be able to play this officially. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So our good friend Timmy Mack asks, how are you liking the Switch so far? And what's the best hidden gem you found? Ooh, the best hidden gem. Well, uh, I'm really enjoying the Switch. I think... There's a lot of uh, well-made games on there. I've been playing Doom. I forgot to mention <laughs> that. I did pick up Doom. Besides having to log in, but that's just stupid login service. Uh, I, I did uh, play through the first episode of Doom, and it, and it worked pretty well. Hidden gems-wise, uh, Doom is definitely not hidden in any shape or form. Uh, Hidden-wise, there's a lot of really good 2D Metroidvanias yeah. and... Uh, action, adventure games. Um, I think there's a game that we're going to, a few games that we're going to cover uh, on another feed, but I just picked up one. Should I mention it here? Is that okay? Sure, sure. Uh, so I picked up Devil uh, Devil Engine, and it's a shoot-em-up. I think it's sort of a hidden gem because shoot-em-ups usually don't get as much, uh, I guess, much exposure as other types of games. And like on the Sega Genesis or any other system, it seems like <laughs> shoot-em-ups are often the hidden gems of the system and harder <laughs> to come by. So if you like games like R-Type and Gradius and these fast-paced shooters mixed with some of the um, bullet hell shoot-em-up style, you would really dig... Uh, devil engine i've really liked it so far i like the fact that like you don't have to dodge every bullet you can hit a button that sort of bounces the bullets away so it's got some some neat mechanics at play gorgeous art art style fantastic music so far no slowdown that i've seen that's good which is great because that's the one thing i have not liked about the switch if i'm honest is due to its underpowered uh, Tegra chip they're using, the NVIDIA chip. Um, it's slightly more underpowered than <laughs> the current crop of, uh, you know, the current generation of consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One. It, it 
so when games are ported over, often they have to drop to 30 FPS, sometimes lower in, in tablet mode. And that's a shame because there are games I would love to play on Switch, like Ease, which I think is sort of a hidden gem. Uh, the E series is great. Not enough people play those. So there's Ease 8, I think it is, on the system. And from what my buddy Dan told me was there's a little bit of slowdown in that version. It's yeah, there is. locked at 30 FPS. And same thing with Bloodstained. There's, there's some issues with, with that on playing that on the Switch. So you just have to be careful what you get on the Switch. I, I, I will say it's an indie gamer's dream. If there's yeah. any indie games you want to check out, 90% of the time the Switch version will run pretty well, especially if it's got a 2D art style or it's not super taxing on the system. You can have a great time. Very true. Yeah, it's nice too because you'll get the nice discounts and... I think the Switch has a very easy-to-read type of uh, OS. You can go to the game shop or the eShop and find discounts and everything. So yeah, You know what's not easy to read is text in games sometimes. I have to go put on my glasses and feel really old because sometimes they don't optimize it for the handheld mode. So like you're looking at the text, you're like, oh, man, this is like 4.5. I always (laughs) – I had that problem really bad when I would try the remote play on my Vita from PS3 (laughs) constantly. I was like, oh, this is awful. Can't oh, I can't play this RPG. And, and sometimes the game will be nice enough to include like a, you know, a thing that will increase the text size. But I remember Mass Effect, it didn't have that option. <laughs> I remember playing that on a CRT before I got my first HDTV, and it was brutal. <laughs> Could not read anything. I'm like, oh, man, what's that supposed That's so blurry. I can't read that. <laughs> All right. So next question comes from Eric Purcell. Eric asks, "How do you rock? Oh, so, how do you rock so hard? Also, how come everybody doesn't know about that Andrew WK cover of yours?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> how do I rock so hard, man? Well, I eat my Wheaties, and <laughs> now I don't know, man. Uh, I would say I rock an adequate amount. I could <laughs> always rock harder. Um, I will say my last show. I didn't realize how loud my amplifier could get. Uh, and I pretty soon realized when like I would use the, the volume pedal and as soon as I would turn it up, eh, you know, you'd hear that feedback like yep. really loud. I was like talking to, cause I hadn't played a guitar that loud on stage before. I'm talking to the sound engineer and I'm like, is, is this supposed to happen? Cause like I'm using in, <laughs> inner ear monitors and then I hear the monitor that the guitar is coming out of. And I'm like, he, he's just like, yeah, just play full blast. I'm like, oh, is that too hot? He's like, no, that's good. Just, it's okay. He's like, you know, he's got to be used to, it, it can be that hot. I think what they do is run it through a compressor. Yeah. So the more you know, so that way it doesn't get too hot for the audience. But man, like the monitor was just kicking back some <laughs> loud signals. Like, uh, I, I try to rock, Eric. I'm working on the rocking out, um, especially with guitar because I've played keyboards a lot much more than I played guitar I've only been playing guitar I've played guitar for years but I've only been playing it live uh, in the past year or two so uh, what was his other question oh the Andrew WK cover yeah it's on my album Fall Damage so you can find it pretty easily and I do try and perform it live when I can so there you go it's uh, Andrew WK's song called Music is Worth Living For 
the man himself knows about it That's and great. Uh, yeah, I remember that. digs it. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, my brother actually just saw him with his uh, with his son over at Warp Tour, so it was <laughs> it's pretty cool. He was he was asking me about this song, and yeah, like yeah, that's cool. So he knew exactly what it was <laughs> once. Awesome. Uh, he heard it. Yeah, Aaron's claim to fame. I love it. <laughs> that's right. Hey, I'm not just a one one note wonder, one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, I do some covers, but I do like for me, it's I would say ninety percent original. That's good. Yeah. Cool. So here's an interesting question from Tyler Jones. Uh, Tyler asks, is there a way I can optimize my laptop for gaming without adding new hardware? Oh, yeah. Play indie games. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at Uh, with my laptop. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, the biggest tips I can say without without getting, like, uh, more RAM... I mean, that's the easiest thing to do often. If uh, you've got a decent onboard graphics chip, it just depends on how old your laptop is. Is it Was it made in the last five years? Is it like a student laptop? Is it a gaming laptop? That's the sort of thing you have to ask. If it's a gaming laptop, then it can generally handle the newer games at medium or low settings. You just crank the settings down, and the games will play fine they'll they'll play okay um and then especially if you play more indie games of course you're not gonna have as much of an issue if that's an issue then you switch to playing roms and emulators and you won't have any problem because they'll run 100 (laughs) percent but yeah there's stuff you can always do um you know if, if you're not wanting to buy anything make sure you've cleared up space on your hard drive if you're Laptop is low on space, of course. Games are not going to run as well. So that's a major thing. And making sure there's not a lot of things starting up when your computer starts up. Making sure you don't have any malware. Just, just simple checks like that. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's things a good that tip. Might be a lot of that's a good tip yeah. for any computer. Just type in, if you have Windows 10, type in start startup at your search. And then turn off all that annoying startup task that you yeah. see you don't need. Fig. <laughs> You'll find it. Yep, yep. Yeah, it used to be PC convicted. <laughs> yep. Now it's easier. Cool. All right. So now we have a question from Danny Witham. Danny asks, you've spoken a lot about the FM chip on the Genesis. Can you explain how an FM synth works and how it's different from other types and why it's so good at the metal sound? Oh, this is... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to give a brief explanation on this would be sort of tricky, but basically with FM synthesis uh, there's frequency and there's modulation and you have these like on the Sega Genesis chip it's actually two chips working together so because it's backwards compatible with the master system you get the the PSG side right so you get those square wave 8-bit type sounds that are good at backing sounds adding layers like if you think of Streets of Rage 2 um, and then doing noise, and then the Sega Genesis side. You want me to explain FM synthesis? Uh, let's just say there's a lot more math involved <laughs> than it, it's it's super hard to explain. But if, I would rather you go to a YouTube video than than have me try and explain it. Um, basically, you have a carrier wave, uh, 
and that, and that's like a wave that's moving up and down, like that's oscillating. And so that could be a sine wave. That could be sort of a, a sawtooth. And then you have another. Uh, so, like on the Sega Genesis, each channel has four operators, and so you have these different operators and these different algorithms and configurations that you can put it in that give you these complex sounds that were harder to get out of analog instruments. So it's a digital form of synthesis because it's mathematically computed, uh, and comp computed, I guess, to produce these sounds. Uh, and part of FM synthesis allows you to sort of distort the signal. And so... That's part of why you can get that really metallic sound and get that crunch in FM synthesis. So there's there's more to it. You know, I'm I'm I thought about doing a series of videos, which I may eventually do when I get to it, um, about making music for the Sega Genesis. But that's about what I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> the crunch. But if if you wanna if you want a cool like intro video, uh, we can link to one. It's Vert's guide to FM synthesis. It was a talk he gave that sort of breaks it down in layman's terms. Um, so that's Vert, Jake Coppin, famous PGM composer. Cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely put that link in the show notes for sure. Cool. Yeah, you, you look for that crunch sound like I look for what I call the chug sound when I'm playing metal music. I don't play low enough for gent, but I'm more of a chugger. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a keep my guitar and drop D for everything. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't play like an 18 string guitar. I can I don't have that low you know brown note. But... No, no, I'm not trying to loosen people's bowels. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Iron McGarry asks, was there ever a time when you were jaded or lost interest in retro gaming? And if so, what was the game or moment that pulled you back in? Jaded. Uh, I'm just thinking of the Aerosmith song. Exactly. For some reason. <laughs> um, when I was jaded, I don't know. I, I think sort of some of what makes me jaded sometimes is walking into a quote retro gaming store and then all i see on the shelves are sports titles <laughs> and it's very frustrated and, and then very very frustrating and then all the other games are behind glass yeah. and they're marked up super high when they're just super common games uh so i can become jaded when i go into one of those shops and i'm expecting a wider selection but i think that's part of the market uh, most of the market's moved online. But what I'm not jaded towards is just the joy of gaming and then rediscover rediscovering games I might not have played uh, and since my childhood or just playing them from a different perspective. That That's a great feeling, just yeah. something I might have passed on as a kid and maybe not understood the mechanics behind the game. And now I can look at the manual or I can watch a video and suddenly the game makes much more sense and I can actually get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. So I don't think there was a time where I ever, I'm one of those few people where I didn't suddenly go off to school and say, buy games. <laughs> I, I, I played games a little less when I went to school. Admittedly, uh, I was also a dad already, by by the time, uh, I was going to school. So that was part of it also. <laughs> 
Um, so I mean, there I was already splitting my time anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and when I was growing up, I always felt like I had I had to I had to sell my old console to get the new console, and every time I did that, yeah. I, I would regret it. Like, man, why did oh. I sell my Nintendo? Why did I sell my Super Nintendo? Why Why did I sell my copy of Mega Man X two and three <laughs> to get? I sold that to get a a Saturn and a PlayStation yeah. at the same time. Because my brothers had those, but I didn't have my own, so I don't, I don't forget. I let my I let a cousin of mine borrow my Super Nintendo and all my games whenever I got a PlayStation, and uh, I kind of forgot about it. And about well, three, three or four years later, I went I went back to ask for it back, and this loser sold it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and it so happens mad. sometimes. So you mad. let let friends borrow games, and <laughs> they sell them or they lose them. They let someone else borrow them. That's the oh, worst. Oh, that is the worst. I'm like, man. When you, you let a friend borrow something, and they oh, I let so-and-so borrow it. I'm like... Never getting that back. <laughs> you get it back? No. <laughs> Never getting that back. All right. Oh, man. Nick DeMarco asked a big, long question. Oh, Nick, ooh, okay. Nick, Nicky D says... Are you apologizing to the crowd for blowing out the speakers with the Ventures of Mighty Max soundtrack? <laughs> oh, that's oh it's a great soundtrack, but no, <laughs> I, I want to draw people in, not shove them out. <laughs> I think one when, when that was playing, uh, there was a Smash Brothers tournament going on in the other room. Uh, and so it's like a bar, but it's also a place where they had tournaments, and it's all all ages too, I think, because oh, they have other stuff. Um, so yeah, when people wanted to, cause it was just super busy, they could just come into the other room and chill out and, uh, come, come see me. But no, no, I, one time I, I was doing open mic and my sound check was toe jam and Earl, uh, <laughs> or someone like the bartender was like, play golden axe. And I was like, okay, there you go next. <laughs> it's happened. I will say I hadn't, I had practice today with my drummer. And after he left, I fired up Shaq Fu. And hearing any Sega Genesis game through a PA system with a bunch of bass is actually really cool. <laughs> it feels like you're in an arcade. Yeah. Uh, with like a DDR-sized subwoofer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. And you just sort of get that that feedback. It's nice. That is cool. And there's no one in the house. It was at my brother's place. No one's there, so I could just crank it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm cranking Shaq food, but uh, that's what was happening. Every time I get the house to myself, which never happens, I, I had it for a little bit today. The minute I had the house to myself, I cranked my amp and just played the loudest metal music I could possibly play. So I understand. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Nick's second part of the question, this is a real question, I think. He says, also, while a lot of cartoons of the era got games, Usually on both the Genesis and Super Nintendo. And Super Nintendo, if there was one cartoon that did not get a game and could be a Genesis exclusive, what would you choose, Mister Hickman? <laughs> and he, he spelled it just like that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry, a cartoon game? Yeah, one that I, didn't I have a that. yeah a cartoon game that did not have a uh, or a cartoon that did not have a game associated with it. Okay, okay. Let me let me think back here. Hmm. Adventures of Sonic. Uh, the Sonic uh, Saturday morning cartoon never had an official video game. There you go. I kind of tried to shoehorn it in uh, with like Sonic Pinball and Chilly a little bit of Doc- yeah, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. But there was never an official game. So I think that one could have used its own game. 
the thing was, I think the games were always a little cooler uh, than the show was. <laughs> as far as style. Uh, but maybe that or one based off the comics could have been cool. Uh, besides that, I'm trying to think of stuff I watched when I, when I was a kid. I really would have liked a good Ronin Warriors video game. <laughs> I I like mecha games. There weren't a lot of mecha games when I was a kid. Uh, giant robot games, so that would have been awesome. Uh, Transformers, of course. There were there were more Mighty Morphin Power Rangers games, and you could stick, you know, shake a stick at. Yeah. But cartoons. Uh, I've got more into anime lately, and I don't know. I was all about that. Doug Trying Funny. I'm like Doug Funny needed a video game, right? <laughs> yeah. Could have been a cool like Quail Man, right? I mean, because Rugrats, yeah, had a game. I would have played that. Rugrats, 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 had a game. I mean, all the, all those. Doug would have, Doug would have made a cool game. I think a lot of these games, um, they were the wrong genre and the style they should have been, instead of like a platformer, might have been like a a kid style like a uh, point and click game, like a uh, Scooby Doo ended up, but. <laughs> That's not how it turned out. A lot of times it was like, oh, we just need to kind of shoehorn this property into something and put it out. But there, there are things like uh, Mallard and Cold Shadow where I think it was just like an original concept for the cartoon character where it was just great. Yeah. Like I would love to have seen more games uh, like that based on, on comics or based on uh, cartoons. So... I don't know. Are there are there any you you can think of, Nick, besides what, what we've talked about? I mean, like Street Sharks, right? Street Sharks, right? Were those TMT the rollerblading? Were those the rollerblading sharks? Woo. I had the toys of that. That was cool. Oh <laughs> man, that was just like how many TMNT knocks off knockoffs <laughs> are there? There was a. Uh, I mean, everything was getting a game. Almost everything, yeah. because there was the biker mice from mars game where it's like they had advertisements <laughs> oh, for snickers geez. yeah <laughs> that, like that was cr- just so much advertising in that game and that was before like playstation and everything but yeah that's a, that's a good question i have to think about it some more and, and think about other sh- shows that um that were cartoons that i watched um that that didn't already have a game or of some sort. I can really only think of Doug because that was like my favorite cartoon as a kid. Doug was my favorite also. Are we the same person? Probably. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure. I'm wondering if there is a game. Maybe I'm just forgetting. Doug video game. Yeah. Oh, there is a game. There was a game. There was a game. You know what? There was a game. Doug's big later game on. Game Boy Color. Game Boy, game Boy Color. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I do know about that one, this. but this was after... I was thinking Sega Genesis era uh, and earlier, but yeah. yeah, there is a Doug game that was released on Game Boy Two, Color in 2000. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna have to go check that out. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a Disney game. Uh, it could be great. It could be horrible. Just, knowing Disney's track record, I'm just uh, curious enough to uh, tr- check it out. I wonder how yes. much it costs. Two ninety nine. Nah, it's a manual. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> You think like most cartoons would get some sort of uh, video game tie-in? Uh, some like He-Man did get a tie-in, but not on a console for some reason, except for like uh, I think maybe in television. 
But there wasn't a He-Man game that I remember. There wasn't one on, on NES or Super Nintendo, of course. Um, and maybe it's because He-Man was already in syndication by the time those <laughs> systems were right. coming out, you know, Sega Genesis. I think it could have been a cool game on Genesis, to be honest. He-Man would have been a good fit. Uh, you know, surprise He-Man and Golden Axe, just have him pop in there. <laughs> be all about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Thundercats. Uh, some of these only had video games on, like, British microcomputers. <laughs> or, you know, like, European uh, computer systems or things like the Amiga. Um, so it's it's just weird how those things work out. Deal. So I'm definitely buying the Doug game. It's only like three dollars on Amazon. So yeah, I just gotta go find my Game Boy Color. It's at my mom's house somewhere. <laughs> you can do it. Oh, I know. I know. Everything's back in storage, which I hate. All right. So, I wish it was in storage. I, <laughs> I well, don't have any of that stuff anymore. I've scrounged through it a few times, finding things that I know I'll never play and just sold. Like that's my thing now. I I want to keep my collection, but I don't want to just have games that have games. I, I sold a bunch of crap that I know I'm like That's never gonna play that. So. Now I don't feel bad. Like I had had a game giveaway. I'm like I'm never gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna play Primal Rage. Like <laughs> unless covering it on the show, I'm not gonna play Primal Rage. So that was a giveaway uh, at the the For the Nerds Night show. Yeah, and I I don't tend to give away or sell any of my Genesis games just because of this podcast. I kind of like to keep everything we play and yeah, I like to keep play. stuff. It or put it in a future junk box. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we have a question from Otto Gregerson, and Otto asks, yeah. "What is the best cola, Pepsi or Coca-Cola, and which soda has the best video game?" <laughs> cola is always Coke. We're talking about Pepsi versus Coke. Yes. Because I mean, Sam's Choice Cola, hands down. <laughs> Sam's Choice. I drink some Sam's Choice. I got. I used to get that. I mean, I'm nostalgic for that stuff. I, I mean, still, you get I still it drink a, Dr. Thunder, man. Uh, you know, get it get it for a quarter out of a machine. I mean, that was the life, man. <laughs> uh, no, for me, uh, I was always more of a Coca-Cola fan. Pepsi always seemed too sweet. Like the, I don't know, for me it would be like, mm, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, where it's just like an instant gratification thing, where it's, it's good at first, but then you're like, oh, it's just, you need something that sticks with you. And I felt like I, I can handle Coke better than Pepsi. <laughs> Maybe that's just my opinion. But like every time I've gone to a restaurant and I'm like, yeah, do you have Diet Coke? And they're like, oh, we have Diet Pepsi. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a, okay, fine. You no. know, and I always that slight tinge of disappointment when they don't yeah. have the. Did you know, though, I think Diet Coke was the original new Coke formula. Is that right? And it did come back because of Stranger Things, and I've not tasted oh, it. Wow. So I, yeah, I have no idea. Right. They talk about that. It was weird because it's weird that this conversation is happening because I was at uh, Chili's the other night with uh, my wife and a few friends, and they had a uh, Coke Zero um, as one of their drinks. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll try that. And uh, that was so much better than Diet Coke. <laughs> Just I thought it was. <laughs> I didn't know you could buy that. Wait, it was that. called Chili's? It was called Sauces? Sauces Chili's. <laughs> I feel God in this chilies. Yeah. Hot dog with sauce. <laughs> Hot dog with sauce. Hot dog sauces. Yeah, I know. I, I saw a map the other day of West Virginia <laughs> and like only a small part of us call it hot dog sauce. I was very disappointed oh, in my state. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, uh, go on with you. 
So. More questions. We got three more questions. We can we can get through this. Antonio Sanchez asks, "What Genesis game would you like to rediscover for the first time?" Who Shaq Fu? Uh, no. <laughs> Sounds like a Shaq Fu. Oh you no, know, uh, rediscover for the first time. Um, Gemfire, man. I I played that for the. I forgot to mention that I played that for the SNES podcast. Uh, I was just on that show, the SNES podcast, and yeah, that's one that I would love to rediscover and play for the first time uh, because it's one that I think I might have played once or twice when I was a kid and just bounced off of it and never came back to it. And now I've beaten it a few times and enjoy it. So that's one. If we're talking about like rediscovering for the first time, like, oh, I want to be wowed and amazed. Oh, man. (laughs) Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. I don't think I appreciated how good that game was. Like I knew it was really good when I was a kid. I played it a lot. But that's one I would love to rediscover. Uh Castlevania Bloodlines. Um you know. That's kind of a it, it's it's a different way of saying, what games do you love? What are your favorite games that you, yeah. you just wish you had like amnesia and could play? I think, and, oh. and I think I've answered this before. Like I wish I would have played Chrono Trigger when it came out because yeah. I, I i didn't discover that until it came out on the ds and i was like why did i I'm play this gonna, game uh, yeah i'm having my daughter play it right now yeah but now she's like i want to play star i'm like oh man she wants to play star fox i'm like i gotta show you some sega games because these youtubers all they talk about is anything related to nintendo yeah because that is the hype train that is the hype ticket so they don't, don't talk about uh like sega stuff as much you'll hear about sonic stuff sometimes but most of it's just like at Nintendo character this, Nintendo character that. Yeah. But Chrono Trigger, I, I it gets a pass from me. Like it's one of my favorite games. <laughs> and she's playing it and and I help her out when she gets stuck. Uh, and I, I'll tell her, don't forget to heal. Don't forget to use your technique. If you get stuck somewhere, don't forget to save. <laughs> I mean, the game's not too hard when it comes to like, okay, you might have to level up a little bit, but the game's not nearly as brutal as some RPGs where it's like you get into a battle every three steps and you better level up after every boss, like like a lot. And and I never felt like the need to completely grind. Now, I I did a little bad wonder around when I was watching TV, just fight a bunch of battles, but never felt like I was completely underpowered to beat anything. Absolutely. Cool. All right, here's the next one here. Gabe Van Gilder asks, Aaron, do you think Konami will ever make another Castlevania game? God, I hope not. <laughs> we got a bloodstain, but Is not fucking harsh? <laughs> Because I feel like other, like, like indie developers are, like, outdoing the companies that could be making these Shit. games now. Capcom's the only one who's actually trying lately. Yeah. Um, Konami just needs to go back and like re-release all the good games, like the GBA games and the DS games. That's what they need to do. Uh, yeah, and then they do. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they do. But it's just like I don't know. But what was the? I mean, even the last Castlevania games that came out weren't even really developed by Konami. They were developed by another developer. Um, that had some oversight from Hideo Kojima, I think on like the first like Lords of Shadow game. Um, but it was like they were working on a game that's like, oh no, this is gonna be a Castlevania game now. <laughs> <laughs> but with their track record, like with Metal Gear Survive 
And then seeing how this new Contra looks, I don't know if we need another Castlevania game anytime soon from good old Konami and Gabe. But hey, prove me wrong, Konami. (laughs) Prove me wrong. I mean, you know, put out Castlevania Judgment. Shame on me. Castlevania I played it. Yeah. A totally no one, no one wanted that. No. Fighting game on the Wii, if it's not Smash, is a weird prospect anyway. Yeah. I mean, you you have a couple you have a couple of nice characters in Smash Super Smash Brothers now that feel pretty cool. So there's your Konami fighting game, your Castlevania fighting game. Right. Yeah. Now Simon Belmont's in there, but man, oh man. I don't know if they could make a good Castlevania game to save their life no. without rehiring uh, Ika. So who knows? <laughs> All right. Any more questions? One more. This is a funny one. Oh, so okay. Jesse Cleva Vidal says, what's better, Nintendo or Sagu? <laughs> oh, man. I'm like going to listen to this show anyways. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Come on, Jesse. You're not going to listen to me. I, I think I, he had trouble spelling Sega. I think that's what happened there. <laughs> oh, at least he's not like Adam. Uh, there's another fellow in our Bit Brothers group who, for the life of him, turns into Qbert every time Sega's mentioned. <laughs> and he just You're starts right. You're exactly right. <laughs> putting random symbols instead of the word Sega. I like how you call it, call it a Qbert. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but my Qbertese is a little rusty. <laughs> I may, may or may not have watched Record Roth recently with my kids. <laughs> I haven't watched the new one yet. I got to check that out. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix now. My kids love it. I, I just it. haven't caught it yet. So I did ask. I was playing Street Fighter today, and I was like, "Is Zengif in the new one?" They're like, "No, no." Okay, all right. Because I always liked him in the first one, where he's in like that bad guy anonymous thing, like Zengif, yes. not bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad guy, not yeah. the bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that does it for Ask Aaron. So I believe we can go into... The five minutes of our actual show? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Aaron, uh, game on. Game on, Nick. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! So let's talk a little bit about Shaq Fu. Ooh, Shaq Fu. So this game, interesting one, because... At the time, it was, it was released in 1994. You know, Shaq was huge. I think I believe he was a rookie in '93. Literally and, huge. huge. He was like six foot eight at 13. <laughs> so, and this was interesting because it was right at the time uh, Jordan had retired to go play ba- baseball around '94. And uh, sorry for the he, sports trivia because I thought this was a big part of my childhood. Yeah, so he was the next big thing. He, he was. was the next face of ba- of basketball. He and really course, was. Of course, Jordan had his own games. You know, Jordan versus Bird. He was all over the Bulls versus Blazers, all that stuff. Like so, Jordan in the Windy City. Yeah, yeah which was uh, inter- kind of funny that uh, what was her face from Uncharted had a hand in that game. But anyways. <laughs> um, yes. So this game came out. Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig, that's exactly right, yeah. That was one of her very first credits I remember seeing. <laughs> but you would expect Shaq to maybe be like on an NBA Jam game or, or you know, Shaq's one-on-one wasn't basketball. He, on, or, he was on an NBA Jam game, wasn't he? He was an uh, NBA was Jam. But I, I don't think he, he wasn't uh, at the time. Later on, he did that NBA Showtime. He was the, kind of the cover of that game. 
Yeah, I thought he was in TE or maybe Hang Time. I can't recall. He I know was, Ewing. Was he was in, in the arcade version of the first NBA Jam, which was kind of strange. Okay. I remember that because it was kind of depressing getting the game and not having Shaq. But yeah, so he, so you would expect him to be on some kind of a basketball game. The last thing I expected with him was to be on a fighting game, which is hilarious. Well, which, which and, and one no, of those things where it kind of plays into his personality. Exactly. I mean, I thought he could do anything because he was an all-star basketball. He was on the all-star team. Um, and he was like 21 or 22. And then uh, he already had a record deal <laughs> to release an album. Yeah. Um, He's a and very... Then you, you he was know. in a movie, Blue Chips, like right around that same time, 93, yep, 94. Yep. You know, and, and, and... So I can see his, the, the brand synergy. It wasn't so much like, oh... Yeah, I, I also don't understand why he didn't get like a license. Like, he could have gotten like a sega license for another basketball game um like say um you know david robinson supreme court that sort of thing but i think maybe it was just the timing if he had been an all-star or like a i don't know if he had been a basketball star maybe a few years earlier he would have been front and center on a basketball game guaranteed oh yeah Maybe there were just too many basketball games. It, it was also a weird time when he like really blew up, uh, where it was halfway between the 16-bit and 32-bit. Uh, it was like right in between. You know, it was the passing of the torch. So it was right in between the, those consoles. So when this game came out, it was sort of like, okay, well we have a ton of basketball games already. We need to do something different. Oh, Shaq does. Shaq does martial arts. Oh, he's been doing that since 1992 or whatever. Okay, well that's a good idea. I like imagine he was in the pitch process somewhere, where he wanted to be involved in some sort of. I I, I want to say Shaq Fu probably had at least a little bit of creative control over his likeness in this case. Yeah, and and knowing Shaq, I listen to his podcast and I watch a lot of basketball, so I see him on the uh, TNT broadcast. He he's a fun loving guy. I mean, even he look, likes video games too. He does, and and looking at if you look at his picture on the cover of this, I mean he's full on like kung fu style, and he's he's getting he into knows, it. He knew what he was getting himself into. Like he didn't go into this blind. It wasn't like I feel like with Michael Jordan, where it's just like. They would slap his name on anything without too much involvement from him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Shaq had at least a little more involvement in, in here. And like, oh, give me some sweet moves. <laughs> I make sure I tower over everybody. So it means I'm fighting old men and young children. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so this game, again, came out in 94, 25 years ago, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. It was developed by Delphine, Delphine Define, however like you say that, which is uh, interesting because we covered that game flashback a while back, and the, we'll get into that later, but the graphics will kind of remind you a little bit of that. But this game was published by EA Sports, which kind of made sense because Shaq's a sports guy, EA Sports was a sports brand. so it, had, I mean, it made sense before EA went all sports for a while. Exactly. Which... Uh, there's a big there's a big difference between this game for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. We'll get into that a little later. Um, the music I was kind of shocked because when I listened to the music on the Genesis, um, I've talked about this game a little bit in the past. But there's a game called Jamit on the Genesis. It's kind of like a one-on-one basketball game, and some of the tracks in Shaq Fu sound just like that, <laughs> that game Jamit. And when I looked at the the, uh, 
the person who did the music. It looks like it's Raphael Gesqua. I'm sure I'm yeah. saying that completely wrong. Jammit is not on the resume, which I was a little disappointed because I thought uh, man, it sounds just like Jammit. But there's a few. What, what's it, there, there's some standout tracks in this game. I feel like some uh, some are fairly generic, but it's the music's actually listenable and, and competent, which I can't say the yeah, same yeah, when I bad. played through Shaq Fu on Game Boy, <laughs> and it's just pure trash. Uh, almost all the way up until you get to like uh, Set, or I like to call him Seth. Seth Raw. <laughs> no, it's just, it's set. Uh, yeah, no, the music is, I mean, we might get more into it, but it's not like flashback levels of quality, but yeah. it's, it's, the sound engine actually sounds better than what EA was using. Yeah. Which this guy did do flashback. He did, uh, uh, fade to black as well. So he was, you know, he was involved in that, that whole thing. The rest of his resume, I really don't recognize too much, but that was kind of his quick, uh, yeah, run down uh, what, what he like did. Moto, Moto GP? Motor, Moto maybe? Racer. Their Moto Racer game in 97. Yeah. So, but yeah, Snow Bros, Nick and Tom, I remember that game. <laughs> a few other things in here as well. Yeah. But if uh, you wanted to pick up this game uh, physical today, you can get it pretty cheap. Uh, loose, it goes for about $5. And complete, it goes for about $9. I have the co- I can't can't remember when I got it. I think it was when I started collecting again. I'm sure I saw it somewhere and snagged it. I do have it complete. One of you snagged it when I put it in the junk box. <laughs> Could have been. I'm like, I had like, my copy. I had like three copies of the game, <laughs> so like I might have put one in the junk box as well. It's sat in my car for about four years. <laughs> my trunk for about four years. Sorry. So the quick history of this game, um, I'm gonna read right from the manual. It's quite hilarious if you guys don't know it. Please. <laughs> There's definitely a story from this, but we're gonna read it real quick. So it's the story of Shaq Fu. So long ago, far away, in a place called the Second World, there ruled the heartless sorcerer Setra. His hunger for power still gnawed at him, even though his dominance over the second world was unchallenged. He longed to extend his grasp to the fair first world, Earth. Setra's plan was simple. He would destroy the pharaoh of Egypt and usurp <laughs> his throne. He created a perfect assassin from his own shadow who would serve him without question. This shadow became Beast, the mightiest and most loyal of all Setra's minions. Beast destroyed the pharaoh, and, this, and the disguised Setra soon sat upon his throne. However, the pharaoh's son, Amet, Ahmet was not de- deceived. He brazenly confronted the power- powerful sorcerer, threatening to reveal him. Setra called forth beast from his shattery other domain. Ahmet barely escaped from the palace to the great desert, where his grandfather, Lyotso the Wise, dwelt as a monk and hermit. Lyotso and Ahmet united with a coven of powerful wizards from the lands of beyond Egypt, and their combined power was able to send Setra back to the second world, comatose and imprisoned within a rune-encrusted pyramid. He slumbered for a millennium, bound by the wrappings of a mummy. Beast roamed the second world, dedicated to finding and releasing his dreadmaster. Successful at last, Beast and Setral vowed to wreak havoc on those who stopped them before. They have gathered a battalion of formidable, formidable fighters to further this end. To regain his full strength and to end his exile from the first world, Setral must perform an ancient ritual upon a descendant of Ahmet. Beast has now returned from Earth with the child Nezu, a child in, in whose veins the real blood runs pure. All is ready for the final catalyst. I can't say that word. The blah 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 battle only. <laughs> the chosen one can only stop. Setral now. One who possesses strength, spirituality, courage, agility, intelligence, and unsurpassed skill in the martial arts. Where will the world find such a such a one? Only Shaq knows. So number one, right. it's pretty apparent this game was written before Shaq came around. 
sentence because Shaq had nothing to yeah. do with the story until the last sentence that said only Shaq knows. <laughs> <laughs> only Shaq knows. I mean, it could have been Bubsy for all we care. No, yeah. this could have just been the, the plot of Stargate. <laughs> Stargate, something like that. I mean, this feels like a mix of Stargate and Lion King, like stuff that was hot around 1994. Yeah, yeah. And it's and hilarious because when you start the game, there's a little story. If you play the story mode, it shows, you know, Shaq's in China for a charity all-star event, and he's just moseying around. It's like, oh, like a martial arts center. And that's when he finds out all about this big story and gets sucked into the second world and gets to save the day, <laughs> which is just thinking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so as far as memories go with this game, um, when I was a kid, I only played it on Super Nintendo because that's all I had at the time. I rented yeah. it, I rented it, and, um, you know, I, I kind of thought, eh, it's okay, I can play this a little bit, but... I had rather played Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, other games. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I I remember we did play a lot of fighting games that were not named Street Fighter and Mortal <laughs> Kombat, and rented a lot. I remember playing World Heroes. World Heroes, uh, yeah. Just pretty, uh, I remember Fury. playing uh, Doomsday Warrior. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. yeah, there's a deep cut. <laughs> we played Doomsday Warrior a bit. World Heroes, Slaughter uh, Sport. Slaughter sport. <laughs> we shall strike that from the record. <laughs> but yeah, I did play Shaq Fu as a kid. Heavy Nova. But I don't have many. Yeah, Chevy Nova. Uh, I don't have any super strong memories of the game. It's just one of those things where it sort of. Oh yeah, I remember that game existing. Yeah. I think I rented it. It like, wasn't one of my favorites, but we did rent it. Yeah, I rented it three or four times, and every time I, I rented it, I thought I was gonna like it a little bit better. But there's a there is a big difference between Super Nintendo and Genesis. Uh, the Super Nintendo version has like what four less characters than the Genesis version. Um, it's so weird. Yeah. So does the Game Boy one. Game yeah. Boy one's the same way. It's just kind of strange. No sense to me. Strange. I don't know about the Amiga version. The Amiga version just has a lot, yeah. lot of load times, and because you're playing on Amiga, you have less buttons to play with. <laughs> so good luck with that. So, and, and as far as some of the characters go, I mean, they're pretty outlandish. You heard about Set Ra, who's kind of a, he looks like a mummy with like a uh, uh, road warrior type shoulder pads on with the spikes. It's kind of funny. Uh, but you have Beast, who looks like a a uh, very strong person with no skin, like all muscle. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> um, there's a weird looking guy with a hunchback with spikes going out. I think his name's... Uh, he was super Arark. easy to beat. Arark. Yeah. Um, you have the cyborg, who's just Colonel. Uh, oh, a rock, right? A rock. Arik, Arik. He is a rock. <laughs> you have the yes. uh, cat lady, uh, K A R O I. I'm, uh, I'm assuming that's Kaori. 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 You have the guy who's like Kaori in the house. Kaori in the house. You have a guy that's kind of like in a robe, looks like an undead creature. Um, his name is Memphis, but I kept thinking it was Memphis, so that's it. <laughs> Uh, you get the little boy who's Mephisto. Mephisto. I think that's what it's short. That, that's a good point. You have a little little guy who you're trying to save. Who's in, I'm I kept calling him Netzu. I don't know if that's right or not. Netzu, Netzu. But you got him. Um, yeah. You got my favorite character to play with, who, who's not a Shack or uh, Raja, who's pretty much the Prince of Persia with uh, two swords. He literally is. His music <laughs> sounds straight out of Prince of Persia too. Which I thought he was the best playable character. Uh, you know. I mean, you, you throw a dude in who's got swords. Yeah. 
besides the guy who's got guns yeah. who literally shoot you. Well, he he had the best bombs at you. He had the most varied attacks. His jump wasn't all crazy, which I'll get into later. I felt like I could play with him a little bit better than, than the other characters. And of course, you have Shaq, and then you have I think the last character we didn't talk about was Voodoo, who is like a looks she looks like a witch doctor, um, and she she literally will pull out a doll and stab it, and you get hurt, <laughs> but not if you're in yes. the air, which is hilarious. If you jump up, it doesn't hurt you. I don't know why. I guess maybe the doll standing and not jumping. Yeah, maybe she has to throw the doll in the air, and then throw a pin through it. Maybe <laughs> that's why. So th- these characters are very. There was a lot of criticism about the. characters. They are very nineties. I like the characters. I thought this was great. Yeah, the characters are honestly. Who am I we've missing? played fighting games on this very podcast with worse characters. Yeah. I'm missing Diesel. That's who I'm missing. There's a character yes. named Diesel, which I thought was funny because okay. that's Shaq's nickname. <laughs> but here's how much thought they put into this. Like, why is it that when you're playing story mode, they don't actually mention the names of the other characters? Exactly. And so you just see the score where I think the name should be. Yep. And I actually wrote that down as a note because I, I didn't know what the characters' names were. Because if you look at the manual, they're not there either. <laughs> when you scroll through the manual, there's no uh, character uh, pages at all. So you can either see it on, like, if you do the duel, you can pick whoever you want. Or you can just go to, like I did, to giantbomb.com <laughs> look up all the characters. That's, yeah. how, that's how I figured it out. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I I played every one of them separately, and I like I said, I liked Raja, and then Shaq was my next favorite. And other than that, I didn't really care for any of the other characters. Yeah, I feel like Raja, I mean, a lot of these guys, it just seems like you're overly relying on kicks. I think part of the problem is it's just there's input lag. There, you feel like things happen way too long after you press buttons to make them do things and so you're sort of yeah yeah go ahead yeah i'm sorry there's a there's input lag but then it's it's really hard to close the distance especially if you don't have a a character who can do some kind of projectile because your jump is miserable in this game if you hit oh yeah if you hit like diagonal jump you can't control how far you go like because if you do that in street fighter you can kind of control how far you go and and it's a little floatier and and very more forgiving and but once i got a character into a corner all bets are off because i just beat the oh yeah you just that was always my goal you just started uh swiping them yeah yeah it was so he's like with Shaq, i could just kind of do a i would kind of do he has like a little like a crow hop kick i would just do that until Someone yes. got to the corner, and then I would. I just... definitely kicked the crap out of him <laughs> yeah. with, with Shaq. And then I would just duck, and then uh, just punch kind of in the crotch for the rest of the fight, and I would win. Yeah. <laughs> and and you think game. like, oh, maybe I should learn to do these projectile moves, but it's just it. It felt like doing projectile moves, even when you could pull them off, they just take too long to do. Okay. By the time someone's already yeah. knocking the and junk I'm, out of you. I'm so glad you said that because. I literally took the game out and put Street Fighter in because I thought maybe... Yes, yeah, I did the same thing just by comparison, <laughs> just to see what the, the major differences are, of course. The size of the characters, the games oh, in this, yeah. the characters in this game, it looks like um, they're the size of the characters in Flashback, which is great for Flashback. But in this game, you want the fighters to be, like, the most important part of the stage. Yeah. And in this game, they don't... The game looks good. It's a good-looking game. Uh, if you just look at it in screenshots, some of the backgrounds are gorgeous. 
And the characters, a lot of them animate well, even if it's not the most fluid game. Um, I think part of it is just like the degree of animation maybe causes some of that lag. But, oh man, you compare it to Street Fighter and it's just like, you can tell this company hasn't made a fighting game before. And where I was going was I, I, I couldn't pull off one of the special moves at all in this game. Like I, I, every now and then I'd get it, but I thought maybe, well, crap, maybe it's the lag on the controller. Maybe this new 8-bit do controller I got sucks. So when I popped in Street Fighter, I went and picked Ken, and I immediately could do a Hadouken and the and the Hurricane Kick and the yeah. Shoryuken, whatever the heck you call it. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, just, it's definitely There the is game. a degree of lag where the game is just not connecting what you're doing yep. quick enough. And you should have like a sort of an input buffer that's not in this game. And so it just feels like you, you do some of these moves by happenstance. Um, and there are some good ideas in this game, like some yeah. solid ideas that make it different from Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. But oh boy, because of that input lag and because it doesn't run smooth the whole time and like the way you jump um you know it makes it so much harder I, I think it's cool that you can do like dives backwards and charge forward i think that's that's great um and some characters can teleport and you've got like this glowing orb you can use and there's even like a a rage meter of sorts yeah like that was a neat concept in 1994 but man it just some of the execution on this game just it's just so frustrating that they maybe it was the uh, probably a rush development cycle um i want to give delphine software the benefit of the doubt because i'm betting that they didn't have a lot of time to work on this i, I haven't seen anything that says the same thing i guess that clarifies that but i feel like that I feel it in my gut <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that when when Shaq was hot, it was like, okay, we got it. EA's like, all right, you guys put out Flashback. It sold a whole whole bunch of money. And we like the look of your game. Like, ah, man, this game could have done with some more playtesting is yeah. what I feel. And, and, and there, there's incredible potential here for sure. Guys, the- and like the, even the cutscenes are disappointing because you saw how cool Flashback was. Uh, with with the rotoscope cutscenes, that was a, you could have gotten Shaq rotoscoped. Um, you could have had like these rotoscoped animated cutscenes, all off flashback or out of this world, another world, um, and it would have looked amazing. The art style in this game is actually really solid and well yeah. put together. Yeah. And it, yeah, I took that note as well. As the animations are wonderful. The uh, like, like even when you're doing like these big spin kicks and stuff with Shaq, I mean, there's very some cool very looking good moves. detail. Yeah, very good detail. Stuff that looks good in a video game magazine hyping the game up. Yeah, for sure. And you know, from from a from a very high level, as a, the bird's eye view per se. If you're a kid and you saw this game, you're like, yeah, I want that game. I want that game. And, and it's it's not unplayable. Um, I, I can go on a record right now and saying this game is better than Slaughter Sport. It's better than Heavy Nova. It's better than Heavy Nova. It's better yeah. than Rise. The robots, I know that yeah. for certain. It's probably better than moves. I think this game gets a worse yeah. map than than what than what it really it deserves. It really does. I think it just had the most visibility of any of these games because it was such a big licensed game, and there was so much hype for it. 
and it was during that whole Shaq mania. Like, <laughs> oh, Shaq's doing rap. He's doing movies. You know, he's he's doing it all. And now he's got his own video game. Let's see what this is about. And I just couldn't live up to the uh, the the shype, the Shaq hype, the Shaq hype. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I I had some fun with this game. I won't lie. Um, I really enjoyed that Overworld map. There, there, there's some issues with that. So when you're in a story mode, um, before you can kind of pick which order you're going to fight on each of the little islands that you're on. You're kind of on three islands uh, to get the uh, set raw before you beat the game. But uh, you, you're kind of you're just this tiny little version of Shack right around this big island. I kind of thought that was kind of neat, kind of reminiscent of like. I thought that kind of reminded me of yeah, like Adventure Island or Mario Three. Yeah, yeah. But the only gripe I had about that was I was literally I thought I beat everybody on one on the first one and I couldn't find. The last guy to beat it was like in the in the left hand corner probably the first one i should have fought i believe that was the diesel guy that i forgot about earlier but like i'm like why why can't i fight where where am i going i literally had to track the entire diesel. island yeah. i'm yes. like oh there it is finally found it. i know it's like so tiny <laughs> but like, oh we're, but that's a, supposed to go that's a cool little thing in a fighting game kind of gives you a little bit of a context and i don't know i'd like the overworld i always enjoyed overworlds in any type of game where you progress uh, stage by stage i always thought those made a lot more sense than just throwing you into a stage so that was cool. Um, now, I could not beat this game story mode on normal. I made it to the second island uh, before I lost all my continues, but I did beat it on easy. I only took two continues on easy. Oh. Got all the way through and beat the game. So I and, beat it on normal on Game Boy. Nice. And then I got to set. Um, I, I played the SNES version, and it didn't feel... I felt a little worse to play. Uh, it was close. <laughs> But I just wanted to go back and play the Sega Genesis version, um, which felt a tiny bit better to me. Actually, I think it looks a little better, but maybe that's just me. It was the the console they developed for. Like same with Flashback, they started with uh, the Mega Drive and ported it to everything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I I made it to set, and this game, yeah, it only gives you four, three, four continues, which I think is interesting. You can't yeah. keep continuing; you have to get good. Uh, <laughs> which you know, I, I mostly was able to to kick everybody's butt with the the, the charging kick attack and then the sweep the leg. Um, but there are a few characters that change things up. Uh, Seth does, <laughs> yeah, Colonel. Um, it's so funny that you fight the guy you 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 fight the guy you just talked to in the cutscene. Uh, you fight him and his grandson. You're looking for. Actually. Well, and and also if you so so the the storyline gets a little wacky. They they definitely didn't put enough detail into this. If you're on that whatever island that Net, Netzu's on, if you fight him first, and then you go and fight another character, like Shaq's literally like, I need to find the boy. I'm like, wait, dude, you just found the boy. What the what the heck? <laughs> so the, so the the dialogue doesn't change with the the progression of where you who you fought and what order you fought. Oh in. no, no. But I, it's neat that you can fight him in any order. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, it's just weird that it's like, hey, girlfriend, where's Netsu? Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> yeah, there's. I wish I would have wrote down more, but there's some pretty hilarious dialogue between Shaq oh, and Skats. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sorry, if Shaq is more like, hey, girlfriend, <laughs> hey, baby. where's Netsu? <laughs> Where'd Netsu go? That's how Shaq kind of talks. So I was like, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, that's cool. Kind of a month. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's a cool shout out. The uh, my my buddy Andy Layton, who used to do the Cartridge Freaks, they uh, covered Shaq Fu and 
his uh, co-host Cody, who uh, lives in the same town as I do as well, can do like an amazing Shaq impersonation. And he, nice. He pulled that off a lot when they covered Shaq Field on their show. Oh, that's so great. Shout out to you guys if you still listen. Real quick, I wanted to go over the uh, controls. I, I don't know how this game plays on a three-button controller because I did not try it, but on the six-button controller... I've only done it six-button. It, me too. So, like, you got, yeah. your, you got your bottom row, which is ABC. Your, your A button, uh, you can kind of do two things with it. Number one, you can do kind of like a, a sprint. You can sprint forward if you hold it, and then you can kind of like... Uh, with Shaq, it looks like you're doing like backhand springs going there. And then if you're real close to a character, you can uh, do a throw with the A button and then your uh, B and C are your kick button so I'm assuming I didn't really pay attention to the meter but I'm assuming B is like your your low power and your C is your, your heavy power I don't know I didn't pay attention and then uh, X Y Z uh, X is your taunt which is kind of pointless and then useless you, yeah, the, I haven't found it yet me either and then Y and Z are your, your punches again I'm assuming uh, Y would be the low level punch and Z would be the heavy punch so you know, your basic standard fighting game, which is pretty cool. But I, I did want to talk real quick about the new Shaq game, because <laughs> I, I got curious. Oh, I, I, was telling, I was telling Aaron before the show that I downloaded it last year. It was free for a couple of days on the Switch, which was kind of strange. Uh, this game was a Kickstarter game, and people enjoyed the idea of Shaq being in the game enough that they got this game kickstarted, and Shaq actually does the voice acting with it. And one of my f- one of the favorite parts of this game is that it's not taking itself seriously. Literally, the first dialogue line in the story mode is Shaq saying, "My story is convoluted and full of holes, so pay attention." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a total rewrite of the story. It talks about how Shaq's an orphan and he's raised by a Chinese family, and then he, he's you know he's he's outcast. Oh, he's so, so this tall. is like a, a a different Shaq, not the exact same Shaq. Exactly. So it's a whole different story. It, it it's it's interesting. Um, you know, they they uh, <laughs> there was a dialogue line with the old man saying that uh, everyone makes fun of Shaq because his turds are bigger than everyone else's heads. I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but there's there's things like uh, you're you're to, to get more health in the game, you pick up an icy hot, which is hilarious because Shaq's a big uh, endorser of icy hot. Oh yeah. But it's and, uh, it's a beat 'em up. Gold bond. Yeah. Gold <laughs> But th- this game's actually a beat 'em up game. It's not a fighting game, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, they gave it a seven I, out of ten. I it's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not too bad. It's pretty fun. Um, Shaq's definitely overpowered or uh, OP, as my kids call it on Fortnite. But there's so twenty guys on the screen, and you're just beating the crap out of them all. It's pretty cool. I'm. I'm happy. So, I, I started playing it today. Played about an hour and a half. I'm. I'm having a good time. Won't lie. So I got. I gotta ask uh, if Shaq's a, a multi-millionaire. Um, why did this game need to get? I guess it was Indie Gala, or no, it was Indiegogo. I don't know if it was Kickstarter. I know, I, I know, it was, it was one of those platforms. Uh, but yeah, I, I always thought like, wait a minute, if this is a passion project project for Shaq. Um, I, I guess he, he wasn't wanting to invest a bunch of his own money into it unless he knew it was a success, that there was fan interest in it. I guess. And you're right. It was. It was definitely Indiegogo. And the funding goal was four hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> hey, people made the dream come true. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I'm 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 having a good time with it. I'll probably keep playing it because I enjoy beat 'em ups and yeah, the storyline's just ridiculous. So. Oh yeah, and, and so I was reading interviews, and Shaq did acknowledge the original game, and he did talk like his main beef with the original game. He said. He thought it did good for the time, but that the part of the problem was that it came out 
right when the PlayStation was hitting, the PlayStation and Saturn. He even said it in, in an interview. He was just saying, the way he put it was kind of funny. He was saying, we were switching from analog to, you know, digital, which wasn't an exact, <laughs> uh, not exactly right, but I get where he's coming from, where it was sort of like, we're going from a much more 2D-centric, you know, these fighting games. And this was right around the time when, like, stuff like Virtual Fighter and Tekken were we're launching you know like 3d fighting games are becoming a thing um and you know th- the, the wave of 3d with the playstation was like right around the corner and saturn and you know stuff in the arcade like daytona usa and, and so i get exactly where he was coming from where he's like you know we didn't the, the game that got put out was was decent for the platforms but you know it wasn't didn't feel next gen he's like this game feels next gen that was his whole thing like it feels like you know we're, we're pushing these systems or whatever, which maybe not. It's still an indie game from an indie developer, uh, but it's 3D. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> and it runs smoothly, right? And you can beat people up with cars, right? I haven't done the cars yet, but I did pick up like, uh, they look like beer kegs and I was bowling dudes over. It was, it was oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And there was some... Cars over, buddy. There was some cool, cool uh, kind of kind of throwbacks to like the uh, ninja turtle game on uh, super nintendo turtles in time i had like this big spear thing and i was hitting guys with it and they were literally uh cracking into the screen of my switch <laughs> you remember that on the turtles in time when you would throw the foot soldiers at the uh the, kind of the first person view of uh yeah yeah, yeah I remember that. It, it did a little bit of that nice little throwback nice yeah. but um if you guys i mean if it's if it's on sale or anything you know go pick that up it's a, it's interesting I, I would say that at least uh, but I had to play it. I wanted to talk a little bit about it here. Not enough to cover it on a show, but there you go. But um, I did want to talk about, we, we, we mentioned graphics, but I, I just want to kind of give that another shout out. I really enjoyed the art style and the graphics in this game. Everything moved well. It yeah. had, like, I, like, like I said, it had the flashback style, and I, I thought the animations were great. Um, there were like post-fight celebrations Shaq would do. It looked like he was doing the Running Man, which was kind of cool. I, I don't know what that was supposed to be, but it reminded me of the Running Man. I, I think I remember Michael Jordan doing the same thing in Chaos in the Windy City. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, I honestly never played I that. I think that was like his animation and i want to say earthworm jim did the same thing also in uh, earthworm jim 2 yeah i always hated that sort of <laughs> i don't oh, know i why. thought that was silly compared to the first game yeah. where he sort of stood his ground i'm like stop doing that you're ruining my game but uh okay yeah i thought that was cool and i actually enjoyed the post fight uh scenes it kind of reminds you of like a street fighter thing coming up oh that's totally street fighter like people say this is like a mortal con it i don't know if it's really it's almost like halfway between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter in style. Yeah. I would say. Where it kind of wanted to pull from both. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, outer realm. You know, yeah, the, well, I thought the same the, thing in the second world. Going to the, you know, going to Narnia or going to Fantasia. Whatever <laughs> land we're talking about here that's not of this earth. Yeah, and I, I didn't dive into the history too much, but I, I really feel like this game was already being developed and they're like we gotta throw Shaq in something real quick he's huge it's possible <laughs> but I don't know like the trajectory of Delphine Software was interesting because they literally went from making a few point and click games uh, on Amiga to uh, one of their main guys he worked on a game called Future Wars this is Eric Chahi I want to say uh, um, he made Out of This World that became like a huge pioneering game 
And then it was like, okay, well, we got to make something like this. So they made another cinematic platformer as a group. And that's what became Flashback. Uh, and, then, and then the guy leading up that team, uh, I, I'm guessing sometime, you know, I, I don't know if they were developing a fighting game or not. It's possible. Uh, but yeah, they were, I guess they were contacted by EA. It's, it's weird. I can't find, I was reading an interview with uh, the lead designer of, you know, coder of this game and flashback. Uh, and yeah, it was on, it was on uh, Nintendo life, but what's weird is I can't find any interviews with him on Shaq Fu. And I, I really want to, uh, um, so if anyone finds something like that, let me know because all the interviews I see are about the game flashback. And that that developer is uh, it's the designer Paul Quise, who's a programmer and designer. So if if you find an interview maybe where he talks about Shaq Fu, let me know because I have not found any interviews. Everything just goes straight back to Shaq and like people talking about the game with Shaq. Like I want to know from the people who actually designed the game what they thought and what what they were going through when they made the game, like what sort of constraints and stuff. That would be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Because, okay, so like this game, uh, you know, you could tell that they wanted to have an all ages appeal. So there's no blood. Uh, The violence is very minimal. This is something that, you know, kids could play and and not get in trouble. Uh, But it's got kind of more realistic. It's not... uh, you know, it's not like the digitized graphics of Mortal Kombat, but it's not the cartoony graphics of Street Fighter either. It's got its own sort of halfway realistic look to it while still being animated. It's hard to describe it, but it's interesting. There's no fatalities, though. No no fatalities. No fatalities. So nothing like that with Mortal Kombat. It's closer to Street Fighter, and then it has like the uh, end of stage, like... Uh, I'll get you next time, sort of thing. <laughs> and a little bits of dialogue. Cool. I'm not too sure. I have much else to say. Um, you had the we had the story mode. We I talked about um, the, the, the dual mode, which which is cool. Yeah. Um, I beat the dual mode with a couple people, and there are like a little bit of a in cut scene about that character, which is which is neat. Give give you a little bit more character development than just Shaq. Um, and I'll only beat it with. Uh, no, the 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 dude that looks like Prince of Persia, <laughs> and I beat it with. Beast oh, I as well, know. So. What I what what I realized too, even with him, like I like doing his punch combo, but like pulling out his swords takes too long. It does. When, it when does. the the animation is great, but it's like the animation shouldn't take like a second to pull out your sword before you actually hit someone with it. Like I get it. No, no that should be instantaneous. Um. So the fighting, honestly, the fighting moves. Uh, I'm looking at the moves list here, and yeah, most of these are a little more like Street Fighter than Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat had a lot more uh, like down forward, uh, just like these weird direction presses, or forward, forward, down, or you know, like not so much of these circle. And someone might say, "Oh, I love Mortal Kombat," but like early Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat was kind of janky compared to Street Fighter. Street Fighter had kind of like the circle forward and the circle back. That's sort of what this game subscribes to. It's just, it's, 
not as nearly as fluid to pull off these moves. But most people have those sorts of like half circle type moves in the game. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I adjusted the difficulty a little bit, got through it a little bit better. And, uh, <laughs> did you notice that when you died, uh, if you get a game over, the game will start teaching you moves. <laughs> oh, is that right? No, I didn't notice that. At all. Uh, it'll, I thought that was cool. It's a neat touch. So the game will actually show you a move. So Shaq actually has a Shackerkin instead of a Shuriken. Shuriken. So it's a Shackerkin. Uh, <laughs> Which is like a, yeah, it's a forward, back, forward, A motion. So in interesting. So he does actually have a projectile. He's not just a kick, kick, kick type guy, even though that's, that's how I use Shaq usually. Just because I feel like, I don't know. When I'm playing story mode, you can only play a Shaq, right? So, right. and if you want to mow these guys down the fastest, I ended up just going through my kicks like i'm trying to pull off yeah I'm, you know i'm trying to pull off his uh shikirkin uh but i guess some of these are a little bit more like it's like halfway between street fighter mortal Kombat with move wise but like i'm trying to pull off i pull off a shikirkin but man it's again that input lag uh you're just so much better off just wailing on guys with the kick button because the projectiles don't, you can't pull them off nearly as fast as you can in like a Street Fighter game. You can't spam them. There's definitely a delay between spam spamming multiple projectiles. <laughs> yeah, I never could get a projectile to work with Shaq. I don't know about you. <laughs> like I said, I always just try to push everyone to the corner and just kind right, of bully right. them. <laughs> forward, back, uh... Forward, back, like, forward, A. Like, yeah, forward, back, forward, A. And, uh, for some reason, I never could get it to work. But uh, like I said, I thought it was my controller, so I popped in Street, Street Fighter. What you end up doing is you'll run, and then he'll stumble forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you'll do a little bit. But if you do it right, it all works out. Yeah. It's just not worth it. That's the problem. It's not All right, well, I don't really have much uh, I don't either. else to say about Lion King slash Stargate here. Lion King, yeah. I do have some funny scenarios to talk about real quick. Um, yeah. If Shaquille O'Neal was a banana, he'd be Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Ooh, nice. How about this? Yeah. If he were a shade of blue-green... That tickled my funny bone. <laughs> tickled your funny bone. But if he were a shade of blue-green, he'd be Shaquille O'Teal. <laughs> here, here's a good one, too. If he were a criminal... They'd probably call him Shaquille O'Steel. <laughs> and then if he were ever emotional, I bet he'd be called Shaquille O'Feel. Oh. Oh, I gotta stop. All right, guys. Let's go. So on. if if Shaq was a, a a comedian, but he only knew how to tell Seinfeld jokes, maybe he'd say, "What's the Shaquille deal? <laughs> What's the deal?" <laughs> yes. So let's go on to some retrofitted achievements. The Channel for Strength Retrofitted Achievements. I honestly only have one. And I hate yeah, I only have one, but it's a doozy. Okay. 
well mine mine if you ever watch uh if people ever watch nba basketball and may get this uh this one was called hack a shack and that was get beat without landing an attack because <laughs> hack shack was always getting the crap kicked out of him in the lane because the only way people could stop him because he sucks so bad at shooting free throws very nice yeah so my achievement was when you get to netsu and kid gives you some serious attitude you're just trying to rescue the young buck <laughs> and uh when you face off against him my achievement is there is no netsu only zul because no <laughs> because he's you know he's he's under the control he's under the influence he's like only 13 but he's on drugs that's right boy needs therapy it was funny. But what's funny? I know it's probably just a kung fu stance, but whenever the uh, the fight gets ready to begin, Shaq does that little kind of animation he does, where he's kind of crouching low. And if you ever watch the uh, yeah, ever watch the Matrix movies, uh, Neo does something like that. But I think he was learning yes. kung fu at the time. I'm like, man, it's Neo. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? Just like Neo, he gets pulled into another dimension. That's right. That's right. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> right. Yeah, but okay. So the the game never really explains like why Shaq should actually care about this other world, other than the fact that like this dude's grandson, which he's entirely capable of saving, can rescue him. I mean, the old man's got some moves. Like I don't know why he's not doing the rescue and he's got to pull a good old Shaq into it. But it's just me. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we can ask the big question right now about Shaq Fu. Is Shaq Fu a gym? Is this game of Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? So I was really shocked to read this. If you go to Moby Rank or MobyGames.com and look at the critic score, um, it's ranked a 61 out of 100, which really shocks me for the kind of reputation this game holds. Very curious, uh, just kind of what the reviews were. So when I clicked the reviews, one of the ones that was kind of skewing it to the higher level, which really shocked me. Maybe Shaq paid these guys out, but GamePro, one of my favorite publications from the '90s, gave Shaq Fu a 90 out of 100, and uh, which really I, I didn't see that coming. That sounds like Shaq Fu. Yeah, that sounds like Game GamePro. GamePro. Uh, I kind of feel like GamePro had some kickbacks from some developers. That's and yeah. publisher sometimes, and so it's probably easier to get they, that. they people that they liked or were in good relationships with. Sometimes they would give nicer reviews too. Yeah. So very interesting to me. And and the little headline says uh, Shaq Fu can muscle its way close to Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, but the smallest Shaq sprites may keep some fighters at bay. However, spend the time to master Shaq's attack, and you'll gladly play the Fu. <laughs> So, I don't know. That was kind of interesting to me of uh, how that yeah, transpired as a 90 out of 100, but whatever. So, again, we like to post these games before we talk about them on our Bit Brothers Retro Gaming Community Facebook group. And you get a chance, especially for the Genesis Gems, to have your say in this, whether it's a gem, whether it's good, or whether it's garbage. So, we asked the question, and we got some answers here. We're going to go right from the top here. First, comment comes from johnny townsend over at the retro bliss podcast johnny says finally you're covering an actual classic we at retro bliss had a great time with this one <laughs> so i guess he's saying that's a gym maybe i don't know maybe <laughs> that could be tongue-in-cheek 
don't know. <laughs> well, the next one maybe as well. But uh, Christopher Kellogg says, "100% Jim. The only thing that could possibly make this game any better is if it came with his rap album." I was extremely saddened after playing this game for the first time because I realized fighting games had reached the pinnacle. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Man. Oh, you also had to have Kazam, but maybe that was a little later. <laughs> oh, but I did watch Kazam. Let's see. There's a lot of funny comments out here. I really don't have... Here's one. Uh, Gabe Van Gilder says, Can't wait to hear about this game, even though I avoided it like the plague as a teen. <laughs> Oh, uh, Timmy Max says, yes, it defined the era of licensed games in the 90s. Shaq was huge then, so of course I loved it. Realistically, I'll say good. It's not great, but there are worse on the system. And what other game can Shaq fight a raptor? Can't wait for this one on the gems. Uh, Trevor Franklin says, on a scale from sort of so damn bad, just kind of bad. This is the latter. Still garbage, though. Uh, Andrew Coed says, although I have a soft spot for it, an honest opinion is that the game is probably garbage. It is not as bad as his reputation, but it does not quite reach good status to me. Maybe somewhere between garbage and good, I will call it recycling. Stay, stay positive and love your life. <laughs> I'd love when Andrew signs off with stay positive and love your life. Good guy right That's there. Right. Uh, Anthony Pig says, I really can't call it garbage since I enjoy it, but it does have some issues. Just good would be fine by me. I especially love the hidden boss battles and that they actually had endings for the characters. Sean Lane says, how and why did Delphine do this? I can't wait for the tell-all. Mike Hall just says, oh no. Uh, Michael Kelso says, was Shaq really only 22 when he did all this world saving? I feel so old now. Uh, Chris Vanderhoff says, genie in a bottle. Uh, Danny Witham says, absolute gem. This game does not deserve the hate that it gets. Long live the Shaq. And the last one comes from Joe Copo. This is garbage. Nothing more to say. All right, that was a that was a mouthful, but uh, Shaq Fu for me, um, it's interesting. I, I definitely want to go back and look at the games we've covered, because if you look down at our ranking list, uh, go to GenesisGenesisPodcast.com, click the ranking section, scroll all the way to the bottom, so you see the last few games on here. The very last game's Heavy Nova, which was a fighting game, and that is the worst game we've ever played on the Genesis so far. It sucks. It's garbage. Um, the next fighting game up is Slaughter Sport which sucked as well but I liked Shaq Fu better than Slaughter Sport and then, I did too and here's where it gets a little rough for me so the last garbage game we covered was Last Battle it's, a, it's one ahead of Slaughter Sport I liked Last Battle better than I did Shaq Fu really? I really did controversy Controversy. so to me when I look at the scale of things um, and, and the thing is Last Battle says garbage I kind of enjoyed Last Battle a little bit maybe it's a little weird but um According to the scale here, I'm going to have to call Shaq food garbage. I, I don't know, man. Did you put it on fast mode? Fast mode? No, I did not. Did you realize there was a fast mode? No. I, I don't know if, if turning on fast mode really... But there is a secret blood code. Secret blood code. I got to fix it. Yeah, I, I just entered it. And I don't remember this when I was a kid, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like... Uh, I, I understand why... Um, Put this game on fast mode, man. Try try it out. It's interesting. It moves too fast. <laughs> and it's just jank. It's pure jank. It's a little too fast. It's like a fighting game on fast forward, but then like random little bits of slowdown. Uh, and then the computer's like too tough. But yeah, where where would I rank it? it uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to take back my Dark Castle 
giving that a good rating. Dark, Dark Castle is uh, better uh, than this game. <laughs> I think so. I, I I got more enjoyment out of Dark Castle. Um, some enjoy, people like I enjoy this California game. games better than, than this game. So yeah, that's where I was kind of at. I'm like, uh, now Chester Cheetah is a whole other story. I didn't like that game at all. But. Ooh, I need to go back and play that one. Um, yeah, so I liked it better in Slaughter Sport. I thought it was a better execution. Uh, moves were easier to do in this game. Uh, I like it slightly more than Last Battle. Um, but it can't. No, it's not Crystal Crystal's ponytail level of competence. But it's still garbage to me. It's like the cusp of garbage to good. Okay. Like it could almost be good. So I, it's let's... like it's you know what it is. I'm I'm telling you right now, it's like when you go to the landfill. <laughs> um, it's just like the the one that's just like, like right there. You can see it. It's not like the buried treasure, like in the in the very back. Like it's right up front, so it's not like the worst of the worst. <laughs> well, it still smells bad, but it doesn't smell as bad. I'm gonna tell you what: as long as we can call it garbage, I'm gonna put it right above Last Battle and right underneath yeah. Crystal's Ponytail. Because last... it's definitely not as bad as as people think it is, it's... and there's no reason people should be destroying cartridges of any game. Exactly. Uh, like on that website there was a website where people would, would send in the cartridge to be destroyed and there was another website where they're like no we need to save Shaq Fu oh internet shenanigans yeah for uh, sure yeah so yeah where, where are we slotting this in right uh it will right be behind. it'll be the new number 70 uh so it's right below Crystal's Ponytail which is 69 <laughs> last battle 71 so Okay. Yeah, we'll lay the gavel down right now, and we will be calling Shaq Fu garbage. Wow. Hey, we need to cover more garbage games, guys. So <laughs> Do we? Keep on doing your suggestions and Patreon picks. And I'm like, Do we? What's this? Really the Patreon pick? We we do have Patreon picks, don't we? We have some. We got some uh, queued up, but yeah, I think we just kind of picked this on our own. <laughs> oh, we did. I think it was like, you know what? We need a divisive game. Yes, we so. do. Yes, we do. So. <laughs> So that's that. Um, guys, our next game, I'm not going to announce yet, but it's uh, we got to make sure we contact a old Patreon from our, our old patron from our previous one who wanted us to cover this specific game and possibly be on the show. So I'm going to try to get that worked out uh, for the next month. But it's going to be a good one. It's a classic. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Until then, uh, stay tuned. Otherwise, it's Beast Wrestler next. Beast no, Wrestler or kidding. Mighty Max. No. Uh- <laughs> Rise of the Robots, kids. Oh, gosh. That game had a lot of promise and just just whatever. But and then down the tubes. That's about exactly the best thing right. attached to that project was Brian May. Brian. And what a genius. Nope. Brian May's a genius. Yes. All right. Well, guys, Justice Gems episode 80. Jack Fu is garbage. And uh, please go check out our links, like we mentioned earlier. Patreon.com slash bitbros. You get it's so cool if you subscribe to that. I have the feed just because, of course, we're part of that. And everything that comes out comes out in that one feed. I don't have to go subscribe to two dudes. I don't have to subscribe to the gyms. I don't have to subscribe to the Nintendo Minute on the Switch Up podcast. It's all right there in one feed. It's worth the money, in my opinion, even though I'm not paying any money. Sorry, guys. I know it's kind of cheap. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very cool. Um, I would definitely, if I were 
a listener of the community that didn't do the podcast, I would absolutely buy that. So here I am self-promoting, but that's the way it is. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash bitbrothers. Make sure to join our group. So we mentioned, send us an, uh, send us an email. Um, I'll tell you what, the first person who listens this far into the show and sends me an email, I have a free giveaway for you. There's some cool giveaways I have on the gyms. Um, that we've been holding back for a while. We got some music, we got some free games. So the first person who sends us an email and says, Hey, I want some free stuff, uh, somewhere in the subject or in the body. I will make sure you get a free code to something cool. I'm not going to talk about what it is. So, uh, do that now. Genesis gems podcast at gmail.com. We'll read it on the next show and we will send you a free code to something. I have plenty of free codes to give away. I need to do this more, right, Aaron? That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. So yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Aaron, do you have anything to get off your chest before we close the show? Um, no. I guess uh, just have a shacktastic <laughs> rest of your week, and I don't know. Go forward, brave warriors. Go forward, brave warriors. Save that kid and become the kung fu master that is Shaq. So guys, That's right. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for following us along and we appreciate everything you all do. Uh, makes it definitely worth this. So and well, and if we missed anything, you know, make sure to go online and check out all the Shaq facts. Shaq we might have missed. <laughs> fact fact to Shaq. <laughs> fact check Shaq. Shaq Shaq check. All right. <laughs> all right, I think we're done. We're done. We're done. All right, guys. Killed it. We will catch y'all later. Later, guys. This podcast has been a Bit Brothers production, and this episode has been brought to you by our lovely Patreon donors. The following people have donated at the 32-bit tier or higher. Jared Adams. Thank you to both you bros. We really appreciate your support.